As Robin bent to look closer, the dress rustled sweetly, promising a joyful prom night if she would wear it. Surely she could talk Miss Catherine into letting her take it. She smiled at herself in the old mirror. Then, for a moment, her heart thumped with alarm because she thought she saw a dark blotch on the left side of her face. But when she looked closer, she saw that it was just a ripple in the mirror. She smiled again, knowing that somehow she was going to wear this dress to the prom. What's a ripple in a mirror? Um, I think it's like if you have an old warped mirror. Yeah, Blake, have so... you ever seen like an old mirror? Then So it's like a funhouse mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why I don't know why it would cause a blotch on your face. Usually like a ripple or warped mirror would maybe make your body look distorted. These are they, all like make the you look... kind of haunting things, right? Like is to like blotches and also seeing a warped mirror and I don't know. In a creepy attic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a... A mist rolling through. <laughs> <laughs> In a creepy neighbor's house. Yeah, yeah. This is like Fear Street level stuff, right? I mean, all point horror at the end of the day <laughs> comes back to our godfather, R.L. Which which one is the knockoff? Which Is it point that came first or is it Fear Street that came first? I think point, but they're they're the same publisher. They're all housed in like Scholastic, I think. Okay, but but RL is look we're we're listening to him on his master. Was it called the master class? Master <laughs> you know, class. I I'm paying a thousand dollars from him, but I think he bought someone else's style. <laughs> right, Richard Richie Tankersley Cusick does not have a master class. So, I mean, who's the master? I think she should. Welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. I have to have a little joke this week because last time I didn't. Um, yeah, Josh, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, well, I will say I'm wearing my most uh, spooky outfit, which, hold on, let me turn up my laptop so you guys can see it. Oh. Yeah. It is yeah. In my, my Carmen shirt that says... Oh, it's Carmen. Yeah, that says, I am radically saved. <laughs> is Carmen's face on it somewhere? No, it's like confetti that says, like, radically. I mean, it, it was so from the great. radically saved tour 88. I Maybe you weren't there. I don't know. <laughs> well, were you there? No. Is that how you got it? But literally, yes. <laughs> um, but why? why is it haunted and why are you wearing it? I went into my dresser and looked for the silliest shirt I could find. <laughs> It was this or the Magic Mike okay. XXL shirt with all the like guys dancing. Yeah. But this one is haunted because sillier. this haunted my youth. Oh, yeah. okay. Because but I... why did you choose a And cuz Carmen's a ghost now. A haunted shirt tonight. <laughs> was there a special reason? Oh, I think there is. Yeah. Tonight we have on a very special guest. Katie is with us. She is the Awesome content creator for one of our favorite Instagram accounts, The Haunted Outfit. Katie, what's up? Hi, it's me, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you experienced outfits this haunted in your own life? Yeah, I mean, this book is really on brand for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's glowing. 
<laughs> you have to look at the cover of this book because the, oh, if if you are uh, walking into this closet and you see this glowing prom dress, run away. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know to stay yeah, away. It's irradiated, clearly. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Katie, do you want me to describe your your Instagram for you or or to the audience, I guess, not for you? Or do you want to talk about it more and like why you started doing it and the inspiration for it? Sure. So um, I started this Instagram called The Haunted Outfit last year um, because I had started rereading some of these old goofy point horror Fear Street Christopher Pike books. And um, I, you know, just kept seeing this trend of these really insane outfit descriptions and I was like I'm just gonna <laughs> practice my drawing skills and uh and see what I come up with so it's a very it's a very niche uh Instagram page if you're into outfits and you're into spooky things <laughs> you might be interested <laughs> yeah it's definitely cool and I also like how it's um the style of it is very uh like 80s I don't know how to describe like your artistic style but it makes me think of like i don't even makes me think of paper dolls in a good way that's cool because i loved paper dolls when i was little i got them out of the american girl magazine just probably did too (laughs) i did did you have an american girl doll because i never did and i hold that against my mother Mm -hmm. and i will for the rest of my life (laughs) i did i had kirsten she was the pioneer um, Does she have yeah, the glasses? She was cool. No, that's that's Molly. Molly. She's from World War II. My sister had Molly. <laughs> I'm remembering I now at Molly. one point, Jessica made me play a, or maybe it was Blake made me play a game where I had to dress or uh, guess the American girl, and I just got them all wrong. I don't know who was in, that on an early episode. That was very early. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that we should bring that back. <laughs> uh, yeah, just repeat okay. them. I got to point out you, the the, out, the outfits you draw are very flattering I think um based on the, the description. author's descriptions. <laughs> yeah. It, and I I have to point out this one it from RL Stein's Bad Moonlight and Josh you're going to want to see this because this is literally Taylor Swift. <laughs> Her name is Danielle. That's, this is Taylor. Yeah, no it totally is. What? Um she is a constant source of inspiration for me uh in all aspects okay. of my life. Um, it is. She is same, for Blake same, too. Same. And you know the way that her outfit was described in the book. She had like this um, shirt, like a crop top with like some sequin moon shapes on it, and like some tight black pants. And I was like, Taylor Swift would wear something like this. <laughs> yeah, probably. And she's got her bangs. <laughs> probably inspired by Point Horror is Taylor uh, Reddit. <laughs> Taylor <Hollywood>. stylist. <laughs> Taylor. Okay, look, Taylor should come out with a entire point horror themed album, like full folklore, but make it like Fear Street, but spooky. <laughs> Ta- I am behind Nightmare this. on Taylor Street, and uh, <laughs> remember Nightmare on My Street. What if it was like that? But was that a Will Smith song? Yeah, okay. Taylor fied. <laughs> I'm into that. Tonight, we invited you on, and I actually had this book in mind whenever I first asked you to be on our podcast like a while ago, but we had to wait a whole year these, for prom season to yeah. come around again. Oh my There's gosh, a reason for prom season. Imagine yeah, like the sad little proms taking place right now. Like, 
little virtual proms. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, well, in this area, I think they're kind of going back we're, to just we're doing it regularly. <laughs> we're doing proms here. here. Yeah. We're all, we're all prom in here. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, actually, I was thinking, like, maybe they have, like, really, like, ornate masks that, like, that coordinate be... with their outfits, right? Oh, my nice. gosh. That but would be it. breathtaking. Like, a beautiful, like, rhinestone mask. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. To match, like, your sleek gown. Or you would coordinate with, like, your date. So, like, yeah. either, like, their Here's what well, I'm going to say. Outfit, you know? Every, so there is... There's always like eight people in the the photo. All of the women are dressed in these like perfect gowns with perfect matching masks. None of the boys have them, <laughs> and for some reason, there's no mask for right. the boys. And for some reason, a dad is holding a like an AR-15, <laughs> like <at> the, <laughs> you know, no. like just being like anything you do to my daughter. One of those guys. <laughs> yeah, and the joke, of course, is I I will go down on you. So. <laughs> Because that's what that's implying, right? Blake, yeah, right. But Blake, what Josh, is your outfit? Josh, back me up on this. What? What is your outfit? Right now? Yeah. Tell us it's what you're nothing. wearing, Blake. I'm wearing a, a Robin t-shirt that Jessica got me, and I'm wearing a black cardigan. It's And I'm wearing pajamas. It's nothing. <laughs> I just need to know outfit. which pop star is on Blake's shirt at it's all Ro- times. It's, it's Swedish pop sensation Robin. Yeah. <laughs> but she's got like a Beethoven wig on She has a weird, yeah. Very weird classical composer wig. Yeah, we don't know what's going on there, but it was on clearance, so gotta scoop she it up. Anyway, I, I like this. The, I like the idea of the prom masks, as long as they're not a Lana Del Rey uh, mesh type deal, because that defeats the point. I feel like we get a lot of those. Yeah. But anyway. But I don't even think I introduced the book. Prom. Prom dress. By Lael Litke. That's what we're talking about tonight. That's what this whole conversation <laughs> has slowly <laughs> can, built up can to. Can we actually talk about our own proms? <laughs> Did you go to prom? If, I've been to if we have a lot stories. of ladies have asked me to a lot of proms. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about your prom experience, you can. Did anyone have a good prom experience? No. I have zero prom experience. I never went to one. Did you? Me? I just went with friends. Okay. I mean, that's honestly the best. Tell us your story, jo- Josh. You obviously have something juicy you want to tell us. <laughs> no, it was uh, the year after I graduated from high school, and we all... So you went with a younger person? Look, if you're 19 and they're 18, that's fine. That's, that's like, true. The, it's they're, fine. Just, right. they're still your friends. And uh, no, we all went as punk rock. I have a picture that I want you to use on our Instagram for this episode. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. Give it. I'm into it. Uh, we we all went as like spiky punk rockers, and uh, we were like, we're gonna we're gonna fuck upon? up this prom. Were were, the, were there dress codes that they were like, uh? Uh-uh. I'm in a little plaid punk shirt with a lady who is not happy to be there with me. That's <laughs> that's her haunted prom. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> She's haunted by those memories. Uh, we yeah. took them to Taco Bell before prom because we got free food yeah. because we worked there. So, do you want to know what? And my, that's why she didn't have a good time. At my prom with my friends, we just went to. There used to be like Gallery Bistro downtown. Do you remember that it's, restaurant? Yeah, no, a very cool place to take. Like it's kind of like classy uh, take, prom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's where we went for prom. My sister, though, her date 
was like, we're taking you to the McDonald's at Bass Pro. Katie, I don't know if you know what Bass Pro is. Oh, uh, the fishing um, store? Yeah. Yes. And we are basically, Springfield, Missouri, we're, where we live, is like the home of so Bass Pro. Before it franchised out to the whole country, people would do a pilgrimage here mm-hmm. to this town to go to a fishing store. It's, I don't know. I don't get it. But they have like little eateries in there and they really do have a McDonald's. But my sister thought that he was pranking her and he's really going to take her to this restaurant called Hemingway's, Hemingway's. in there, which is like a fancy restaurant. It's fancy as a place inside of a Bass Pro. (laughs) Yeah. And they got there and he literally went to McDonald's and bought them all like mcmeals i'm trying to think of extra value meals or whatever and presented them with it and they just stood there in their prom dresses like their 90s prom dresses with their 90s hair and makeup eating french fries how do you screw up that bad I think they just thought he took his date to Taco Bell. That's I true. think they just thought you're it was, all terrible. I think I mean, they just thought it was a funny thing to do. You, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. again, if you thought it was funny, boys, if you do it as a goof, are you doing it as a goof? Yeah, boys are scumbags. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes that right. Have you met a nineteen-year-old boy? <laughs> no, I was one. I was scum. Yeah. No. Did you go to prom, Katie, or have any fun memories at all? I did. Did you have a haunted prom dress? Yeah, so my junior prom dress was, like, so pretty. It was, like, hot pink. It was very poofy. Yeah, I really loved that dress, and I really loved that prom. My senior prom, on the other hand, my dress was still cute. It was, like, sort of, like, more sleek because I was, like, more sophisticated at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went with this guy. Long story short, in the middle of the prom, I realized that I really hated him, and I just <laughs> left him there. And he didn't even go to my school, so I don't know how he got home. <laughs> like you drove off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably just called his parents, right? I hope like, that's what happened. I want to go home. What in the middle of the prom made you decide that you hated You just hated see his parents. dancing, and you're like, <laughs> No. Yeah, I mean, it's a long story, but he deserved it, I would say. Um, So that's from, you know, not the best, but, Mm. you know, at least it's memorable. (laughs) True. It's a good prom story. I, uh, to back up my sister's prom story, so she wore these dresses one time, right? She had, Mm -hmm. she went to like two, two proms, maybe three, because she was like hot. So she was asked out when she was like a sophomore. Like the thing where... Um, which we've talked about a million times on this thing, where the new, like, incoming freshman or sophomore girls get girls, asked out by the yeah. seniors. And they're yeah. like, yeah. new crop Fresh meat, incoming. Right? Yeah. And they are, yeah. they're the meme of the guy in the yellow jacket yep. behind the tree going, rubbing his hands together. <laughs> you, know, exactly, you know the meme. I know and, the meme. And now so, I think there's teachers that will hotline them for this, right? Like, like you should not be <laughs> as, as they should. As they should. So my sister had several prom dresses and they were just abandoned in a closet. She was a freshman at MSU and I was a freshman in high school. And my friends and I were like, we're not trick or treating. We're too old for that garbage. And then it's Halloween night. It's a Saturday. We're not babies anymore. Three girls were hanging out and we're like, I'm so bored. Let's go trick or treating. So we took my sister's old prom dresses and put them on and 
we somehow had someone brought over fake blood and we just put fake blood all over ourselves and all over these dresses. And we went trick or treating just like a couple blocks around, like around a couple blocks and came back home. And like my mom was so mad because we ruined these dresses. Did Monica know? She didn't care. She didn't care about these dresses. She left them there. She would never wear them again. They were very it's, of the it's a period, one-time thing, right? right? Like very, yeah. Not, yeah. Now adults, it's like un- a bridesmaid's dress. Uh, like the you- adults undo- undoubtedly asked you what you were going as. What mm-hmm. did you? What did you answer? I said that. Well, I don't think I could fit in my sister's dress, so I was wearing like this black velvet dress that my aunt had made me for me for a Valentine's dance because I was a weird grunge goth kid and i you was had like, a nine inch nail shirt on over it and- <laughs> no <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. no that's a, i should have though yeah um but i uh i said that i took my vengeance on them at prom or something you're and Carrie. killed them yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mm. well you're not carrie you're the person i'm not uh, Car- you're well yeah. you're carrie being having vengeance done on you i guess carrie does the vengeance she does vengeance but, and she's covered in blood by the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, basically, I was just the prom girl killer, and they were the girls I killed at prom. And because nice. people literally did ask, and, and then, then they were like, like, "Aren't you a little stickers. too old?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, no. <laughs> we're eleven. Bye. No, yeah. <laughs> like, Never too old. I think that sounds um, so cute. Yeah. You I know think what? So too. I think there's that awkward All time where you're not yet old but you still are a kid you know and there are things you want to do and also we were like not a girl it not yet a woman yeah (laughs) awkward time britney talked about and sometimes you're just like let's let's do it guys let's go trick-or-treating it was our last hurrah it is that perfect episode of freaks and geeks when the such a good episode when the guy who wants to bully them wants to go with them to Mm -hmm. like a comic con and he just says, I just can't do it. You know? And yeah. Like, what a coward. Alan. It was his name, Alan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're mm-hmm. all dressed up as nerds, but he's like, I mm-hmm. can't be. I'm not one of these geeks. It's so sad. He's like behind like, a bush. <laughs> you know he yeah. wants to, though. No, he, he does. He's like, so bad. Yeah, because yeah. that's. I want to be a nerd. <laughs> no, it's just that stage in childhood that. Anyway, we don't have to talk about this. We've If he was born 10 years later. Being a nerd would be cool. <laughs> We've talked about this on Shelf Life, is that you want to still play with toys, but you can't because... Oh, yes. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Because the other... Societal pressure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, peer pressure sh- into buying more toys as adult men. <laughs> yeah, that's what me and Adam do now. I know you do. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, well, this book, I had a lot of questions about a lot of things in this book. There were some choices that the author made. And then once I did a little bit of research on the author, and by that I mean surprisingly found a Wikipedia page about her and read it. Um, Which is pretty I, I rare, that, right? When you do research on these? It depends on the author. I mean, I, I honestly did not think she would. Yeah. Um. She Just, She's only had like a, she had like, maybe three or four point horror books, but she's not like an R.L. Stein or a Richie Tankersley or a Judy Bloom, you know, like she's it's like, not it's like your name level. in the uh the nineteen ninety two dream team that played in Barcelona. <laughs> Cusick. <laughs> R. L. Pippin. Um yeah, Caroline B. Cooney, and let's there you go. That's the holy trinity. Yeah. Um 
But Leolitki, guys, was born in 1929. This book was written or published at least in 1989. She was 60 years old when this book was published. By the way, according to Wikipedia, still kicking it in Pasadena, California. Still alive somewhere. As far as they know. As far as they know. Does she have a Skype? Can we get her on right now? (laughs) Get her on now. (laughs) So some of my questions, like the style of the dress, the Charleston, like all these things. Are they doing the Charleston? Are kind of coming together. Yeah, yeah. Right? Wait, do they talk about the war effort and like <laughs> saving tan? Hey, you need to be uh, buying they all have U.S. victory war bombs. gardens. <laughs> so, there were no boys at the dance because you know, so they had the girls had to dance with each other. Hey, uh, the the ladies need to be joining the baseball leagues because uh, we need to keep it going because our boys can't be playing because they're they're over in Germany. They are. For some reason, Tom Hanks is there and he's really disgusting. <laughs> So she was, I just want to talk about where she grew up and see if you guys can put some pieces together. So she grew up in Mink Creek, Idaho, and she studied English and education at Utah State. So what do Mm. we associate with like Idaho? She's a Mormon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she actually met her husband when she was working in Denver as a secretary and she met him through the local chapter of their LDS church. And even like her early writing was published in Mormon like, like magazines. That like, they, just hand, they went <laughs> yeah. door to door. Door to door handed. She is probably the one who wrote the uh abolish the ERA track that my grandma had. <laughs> oh no. With like this like why Mormon women hate the ERA. Jess um, grew up in the Mormon church. I for did. Those yeah, no, have... yeah. Jess Jess can <laughs> oh, be offensive about this too. because because of that. I, I, I can, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to be, but I, I think this answers so many questions that I had as I was reading this book about yeah. so many things. Yeah, so she, nice. like some of her early public, early publications were like in the Relief Society magazine, which the Relief Society is a Mormon women's group. So like all these things, she also published in Ellery Queen Ladies Home Journal in 17. And she had a few point horror books. There was Prom Dress, one called Lucinda, and then one called The Watcher. And there was another book. I just liked the title. Um, I don't think it was point horror, but it was called The Haunted Sister. So Ooh. I just. I mean, a sister put on a dress. Series. That's the problem. It yeah. haunts, <laughs> yeah. it haunts uh, your soul. <laughs> the Haunted Garments? Yes. And she also. <laughs> that's that's haunted good book. Garments. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, and, well, I had one question about Mormonism. Mm-hmm. D- okay. Uh, does Idaho have a big population because they're close? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. They do. They have a pretty big Mormon population as well. In fact, there was a junior college that if people did not get accepted to BYU, they would try to get accepted to Ricks, which was a Mormon junior college in Idaho. It's called Ricks? So you're called Ricks. <laughs> Ricks College. <laughs> Just some I, it's actually Rick. been recently combined with BYU. Okay, so it's it's no longer Rick's. So you um, feel, I think it's in. You, you know, you feel like you're still accepted into the BYU community, but they're like, but you're our you're our little 
dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we're You're sending you tier. on a mission to no. Canada. You know, like well, <laughs> we don't yeah. trust you to Wendover Souls <laughs> in a New York. The goal, I think, is if you go to Rick's, is to get like your gen ed done and then be accepted to BYU. Like, like I think a technical that's, college kind of thing. Yes, I think that's what yeah. a lot of like Mormon kids do, and also it's less expensive. So if you're from like a you know a poor family, it's not like they're gonna cover your tuition. Like even if you go to like I think if I remember correctly, if you go to the missionary training center, I think you have to pay to go because they send like whenever you're. 19 years old as a man you're expected to go on a mission right and i think that you go to the mtc for like six months and they train you before you go so if you are sent to like spain you know you have to learn spanish in six months and they call it like the gift of tongues and they just basically just immerse themselves in like language but i think that your family has to pay for you to go to the mtc like, even though Mormons are, like, one of the richest religions in the world, like, they still expect you to pay for that. I think. They Don't are. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I think my up. friend who went on a mission was, like, my family had to pay money for me to go okay. there. What a racket. Anyway, that has nothing to do, well, with the book. But other than that, she also co-wrote um, a book called Stories from the Life of Joseph Smith. So, oh, okay. Well, that's right on the nose. There we go. Nonfiction, I'm guessing, or is that also point horror? (laughs) 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 What if R.L. Stein was like, I'm just going to dabble in some Joseph Smith. uh, He did did like an Anne Rice, Anne Rice turn, but but for Mormonism. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you realize this. If you read the about the author paragraph, but she's also a horse girl. It says that she dreamed of becoming a writer while she rode her horse over the hills to fetch the cows. (laughs) That's the only that's the only way they were able to get around at that time in in the West. There were no Model T's in Idaho at the time. You got on your pony. Yeah. Horse girl confirmed. Yeah. Yep. Our first confirmed horse girl writer. Writer, yeah. I don't know that we've come across others, but maybe. Maybe. I know that we've uh, talked about how, like, Billie Eilish is a horse girl. We've talked about famous right, horse she, girls. She did not write any of the books we did, but yeah, no. it's, it's worth noting. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Should we just start? Is there, is about- there a... I think you should, is, yeah. Is there a Mormon to horse girl to... Uh, Pipeline? Yeah. <laughs> The Mormon to horse pipeline is real, my friend. To point horror pipeline. Well, I think if we're looking at it like a Venn diagram, I would say that one thing that Mormons and horse girls have in common is like they have really beautiful braided hair. Hmm. Oh, you're probably right. Like a French braid. Yeah. I had, I rocked, I rocked some French braids when I was a little girl. Yeah. Is that part of being Mormon or just coincidence? I think it's just easy to do when you have a daughter with long hair. Like my mom would just sit me down after I took my bath and braid my hair and like wouldn't worry about my hair for like three or four days. Like it was just in a braid and it was good to go. I was going to say, do you think if you live on like an open plain or something, there's nothing to do. So I guess let's just braid this kid's hair. (laughs) Like this will take up some time in the day. Yeah, when the horses need to rest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to do. Can't watch Miami Vice. So Absolutely not. That wouldn't be on for another 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
That true. was but a distant dream. <laughs> I just always wonder how I don't know. I whenever I find out someone is still alive that was born like yeah. during like you know the roaring 20s or the great depression I'm just like man life must be insane to you. Right? Yeah, like you grew up riding a horse to school and you now... probably went to school like in a one room school room like Anne of Green Gables style and now you're coming to where I work and asking me how to use your Kindle <laughs> <laughs> which um, I based on I, a real situation I expect to be exa- I hope to live that long and I hope to annoy Blake <laughs> and, and ask him how to use my Kindle but yeah. I also you're gonna go to some kid and be like how do I use my spaceship how do I use my VR VR machine that? Uh, <laughs> How do I use this chip in my brain that was implanted that that lets me buy more cats? To... You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture them all and I can pet them, but it, they're not real. <laughs> That's all you'll need in the future. Yeah. I hope. Uh, I hope. Yeah. All right. So prom right, dress. Yeah, I'm just trying to avoid talking about this book. Oh, Chapter one. Oh, okay, I guess we'll find out your thoughts later, but. It, I have fond memories of this book, so... We'll find out if Josh read it. <laughs> um, the book actually starts out with a very short prologue that is part of the first chapter. It's so short, it's not even a separate prologue. Um, and it, it just describes a dress being hung up in an attic and tucked away after someone named Catherine's accident and how Rowena hung it back up there and now the dress is just there waiting. Did it feel like a spooky dress in that little uh, writing? I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it sets the tone, yeah. right? The spooky, spooky dress. So now we are getting with our first character because this book basically follows, I guess if you count Gabby, four women and their experiences with the dress, five if you count the woman at the very end of the book. Um, starts out with Robin, who is new to this town called Forestdale. Um, but luckily she is hot and she's dating this guy named Tyler, who is super rich. And, you know, she describes being his girlfriend as like winning a lottery ticket. It's pure luck. And that was, says, that was the funniest line is that her legs were the ticket or something like that. Yeah. So what if it had been her legs that held the winning ticket was yeah, yeah. the line. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's why I wore the Robin shirt tonight, by the way. Yeah. Cause she... this character is Robin. Oh, you, so I planned this. You yes. did not. It's <laughs> a theme. A it's a theme shirt. It's a lie. He had no idea. Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> I read these books. What? <laughs> yeah. So Robin is a dancer, um, and a dress concert is coming up where they're going to be performing the Charleston. I have some thoughts about this yeah. for a dance concert. And also this dance concert is super important because it is going to determine whether or not she gets a scholarship. Once again, she is dancing the Charleston <laughs> to determine if she's going to get a scholarship and she needs the scholarship. No, okay. I'm not trying to dis. The Charleston. Maybe in the 30s, this was a real thing. Oh, I, I, Jessica I, is coming I know for the Charleston, I see. Look, I know it's a flapper dance. I, I know, I've know i seen it in movies. I even re-looked it up tonight, and I saw two different versions. I saw one by 
um, someone where it looked not so difficult, like that I could do it, where it was just pretty much like just moving your feet and kind of rocking them. And then I saw one that was far more elaborate, but it still didn't seem like it was a dance that should decide your academic future. And whether or not you get like, but if, I don't know though. But if you're going I hope I'm not dissing dancing dance people. Like, I hope they're not. You have no idea how hard the Charleston is. Um, well, if it's a Charleston scholarship, they're going to play on the competitive Charleston team. Gonna... <laughs> I guess this that's was right. a thing during the Depression. I, I guess you're right. I guess I didn't. Think they about couldn't that. afford football. <laughs> So. And this book was also obviously ghost written by Zella Fitzgerald. So, <laughs> <laughs> possibly, and she might have been the inspiration for one of the characters. I mean, we'll discuss that. Yeah. Um, so she really needs an appropriate dress for this concert, and Tyler, her boyfriend, suggests asking Miss Catherine, who is a woman that Robin works for. She's basically like a paid companion, and she'll go there and hang out with her after school and read her like Jane Austen novels and bring out like old pictures of her from the twenties and they'll look at them together and reminisce. Um, and also the scholarship is really important because she's from a poor family. Her father recently died and for some reason they inherited a house. Uh, that's not really, I don't understand why based upon her father's death that they inherited this house, but okay. Um, so when she goes to work, um, and visits Miss Catherine that day. Uh, we get introduced to another character in the book, uh, who, which is the Scar. I, I'm going to call it its own character. Miss <laughs> um, <laughs> Catherine has a disfiguring scar, right? It just takes up, it ruins like her whole side of her face. It's the left side. Um, it's like Mel Gibson in The Man Without a Face, right? Kind of, because it's described as... It, it described as puckering the skin and p- pulling the eye downward so that it looked like a gaping wound. So <laughs> that's colorful. Yeah. So spooky scar. Um, like, but when she's like there, watches scars, they're all spooky or, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when she's there, um, sometimes Miss Catherine likes her to bring out photos of like her youth um, and. Whenever she brings them out, she always thinks it'll make Miss Catherine sad because it's her when she was young and and beautiful. And um, but it doesn't. She always seems to enjoy looking at them. But Miss Catherine had a twin sister named Rowena and Rowena had a a birthmark that covered the entire cheek on her face from chin line to eye and from ear to nose. So just this splotch that covered her face and like she would try to hide it in photos and like pose with her non birthmark profiles only. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, this does not look uh, awkward at all. Yeah. She had that Barrymore profile down where she totally. would just turn her head. So um, Robin tells Miss Catherine about the dance concert and how she's dancing the Charleston and Miss Catherine's like, you know what? I have some dresses up in the attic, but don't take the lace dress. <laughs> So what does Robin do? She goes up and she finds these beautiful flapper dresses, one for her and one that she thinks would be perfect for her friend, Cynthia. And of course, she purposely looks for this lace dress that she was warned not to take or look for because prom is coming up and she needs a dress. And it's got to be like a great dress. And because she's from a poor family, she doesn't have a lot of money. And so she finds a prom dress. Um or what she thinks would be the perfect prom dress. She pulls it out. 
Katie, Marked how would in a bag you describe this dress? Do not touch. Do not touch. Do not touch. <laughs> Caution tape all over it. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually blood on it that Jessica and her friends uh, left on it from years ago. So, we did. Sorry um, about that, Mom. Yeah, I mean, this book was written in 1989. And when I picture, like, dresses from around that era, they're like, super colorful, short ruffles, um, you know, kind of like your typical early 90s dress. This one, I'm not sure I would picture, like, a young woman (laughs) finding this dress, like, beautiful to wear to a prom. So it's, (laughs) like, a cream colored, which is a very hard color to pull off for anyone, but um, it kind of has these scallops of lace all over it. it, has long sleeves and a high lace collar in a dropped waistline, which basically means that it's pretty shapeless. Um, yes. Yeah, and, you know, she mentions that um, it does kind of seem like it's glowing within the closet, um, which is kind of what we see on the cover. And, um, like, the way that it's drawn on the cover, I would say is, like, pretty accurate to how it's <laughs> Which, again, is, like, definitely a dress that you might wear to, like, a ghost prom, but not a normal prom. It, if, definitely if a you, ghost prom dress. If, if you are Ooh. trying to dress up to be one of the uh, actors on the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World... Mm-hmm. You'll pop. You'll pop this on. Oh my gosh, that would be perfect. If you want to actually. look dead. Yeah, but if if you are yeah. a like eighties nineties girl wearing a mini skirt, <laughs> you know, like you're not going to be reaching toward it. Like I need it, unless yeah, unless you must. Uh, so, I want to say that this dress, knowing what I know about the author. If this Wikipedia is correct, (laughs) it sounds like a Mormon wedding dress to me because... Oh, okay. Hmm. Although it would have to be white, like impeccably white. You could not get away with cream and get married in the temple. But Mormon wedding dresses for women are extremely modest, right? Like usually probably long-sleeved, high-necked, nothing... That's going to, you know, enhance the bosom or call attention to you, the waist you would, or be You would say no one in the Romney whatsoever. family has them, quote, popping out at the, <laughs> at the Definitely at the not. Okay. If they're getting married in the temple, at least. If you if you are not worthy and can't get married in the temple, then you can wear whatever the heck <laughs> you want. But do, do your thing, yeah. Anything yeah, goes. Yeah. So that's what I, as soon as I read that she was LDS, I was like, oh, this is yeah that dress is like yeah. a mormon wedding dress or something probably what she wore you know yeah, like yeah. yeah and like she probably thinks that that was like the most elegant that she ever looked and yeah. that's why she was inspired yeah. to write it like this in in the, in sure the same way looking beautiful. back at old photos you know like is it doesn't make you sad it makes you like i just want to see the photos yeah. kind of things nostalgia mm-hmm. yeah yeah i I feel like she probably, you know, did look beautiful in that dress, but it just doesn't translate to an 80s audience very well. To a 1980s, perfect. 1980s, not so good. Ghost prom, perfect. (laughs) Human prom, no. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Yeah. we we can't, we cannot judge this 
by 1980s point horror standards, we have to talk to the 1880s point horror <laughs> readers and ask them right. if they were spooked. So it's the Reconstruction era, and poofy shoulders were everything. <laughs> so... For some reason, this dress beckons her. It seduces her. She has to wear it to prom. It just, she knows it'll be perfect for Tyler. So she goes downstairs carrying the two dresses. Tyler's going to love this? Yeah, no, Tyler's I find like, that hard to believe. Damn, wouldn't you see her in in that poofy white dress? Not to spoil the ending, but Tyler gets two ladies who wear this dress. So. Oh, well, that definitely spoils that does everything. Spoil. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little. I mean, you know who the other lady is. So I don't. <laughs> so um, she uh, asked Miss Catherine if she can borrow these two dresses because one would be perfect for her friend. And Miss Catherine says, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And then she's like, "Well, she's in such a good mood today. I'm just going to ask her." And she's like, "Please, can I borrow this lace dress?" And basically, Miss Catherine says, "Hell no," and says it was the dress that she was wearing when she got this scar. So Uh-oh. well, it's cursed, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Robin goes back home and shows Gabby the Charles. Gabby's her little sister, by the way. Shows her these Charleston dresses, and um, Gabby is like a big thrift store um, accessories kind of kid. And you know, it's- it has a big Depop store. And it's- <laughs> she <probably laughs> does now. Yeah, she's the Depop girl now. So she. Um, Gets out all these accessories and and Gap, um, Robin's friend comes over and she gets them all dressed up and they just look perfect for the era. Um, and then Robin tells them, guys, if you think these dresses are dynamite, just wait till you see the dress Miss Catherine is letting me wear to prom. No. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the girls have their dance recital and they are, of course, the standouts and as Robin is just Charlestoning away, she really hopes that those dance people from the university um, are there because she knows that she's going to get that scholarship. And then after the recital, Tyler takes Robin to his mansion for a party. And the surroundings are just so lavish that Robin's like, there's just, I have to have that lace dress. I have to look like money, you know? <laughs> like, Wait, so the dress makes you look rich also, in addition to so, being a ghost? It's just so exquisitely made. It's like a handmade okay. dress. You know, it's a, um, what do you say? Uh, it's oh, like man, a the bespoke. 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 <laughs> yes. We all, we all got there to that, that great word. So, um, like, it is a dress to die for. Mm-hmm. Is that oh that's that's the tagline, isn't right. it? Yeah. yeah so nice. <laughs> Robin d- starts plotting in her mind how to steal this dress, uh, still borrow because she'll put it back, you know. Um, and then whenever she gets home, Tyler calls and tells Robin that his dad was so impressed that he's going to send them to the Royale for dinner before their prom. Wait, damn, and the Royale. He's printing a limo. <laughs> Not McDonald's? Not, not McDonald's. Not Taco Bell? Not Taco Bell. <laughs> not the Bass Pro The Royale. <laughs> not, not the Bass Pro You can shop. take a picture with a stuffed bear. That is, that's a, that's a total draw. Like, yeah. It's there not the so worst. There are so many stuffed animals. Yeah. And now they have, like, all the aquarium stuff. So you could go <gasps> into, like, the... Wonders of Wildlife and... Yeah. The yeah. aquarium oh area. Gosh, so yeah. it's, like, a whole attraction... It's the it's yeah, no, it takes nope. up several city blocks. Uh, it's huge. You know yeah, how you come, want me to move to, to Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, We're maybe I should. Let me show you yeah. Bass Pro. 
they got so many boats. <laughs> it's so big that they have like presidential hopeful rallies in the parking lot, like Sarah it's... Palin in like 2000. Yeah, but only like the Eight. D-listers. <laughs> well, um, it's it's always like no one who's conservative candidates. Yeah, no, it's not like yeah, it yeah. Is, yeah, it is a, a hunting fishing store. Yes. So yeah, yes. yeah. Not- <laughs> <laughs> so Robin goes to return the dresses to Miss Catherine, and she just kind of subconsciously puts them in this thick, dark garment bag to return them. And um, she once again asked Miss Catherine, please, can I borrow that dress? It doesn't bother me that you were maimed while wearing it. I promise. I just want this dress. So uh, Miss Catherine again says no. And when Robin goes upstairs to replace the dresses that she borrowed, she just takes out that lace dress and puts it in the garment bag and smuggles it out. And Sneaky. Before... <laughs> Smart. <laughs> So before she leaves for the day, Miss Catherine announces that she is going to go away for a week or so to Cherry Springs, um, and she won't even be in town for the prom. So Robin's like, this is perfect. She won't even see me leaving the house in it, you know? Um, And Miss Catherine tells her that she spent a lot of time in Cherry Springs. It was where her twin sister, Rowena, was institutionalized Uh, in an uh, institution for the criminally insane. Yeah. But now they have hot springs there. <laughs> yes. So it's like a lovely town. It's like it's like Eureka. Does Eureka Springs have hot springs or am I? You're thinking of hot, hot springs. Hot springs. Arkansas. Springs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, they're, wait, those are two separate places. They're both springs, though. Yeah. One is hot, though, and one is normal. One is just e- Eureka. One has yeah. a haunted hotel that. Yes. Uh, Eureka. Have uh-huh. you been there? I've driven through Eureka Springs and I've seen the Eureka Springs is a strange area because it has the gigantic Jesus like statue. Yes. That overlooks the, the city. But that's it's the also one on like the Holler art, isn't it? It is. Yeah, but it's yeah. also like a big hub for like uh, like a there's like a big queer community there. It's and it's a it's a really weird city. Like because it's marijuana is decriminalized. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's in Arkansas, but it's it's it, like there's hippies. It's the Austin, Texas of Arkansas. Yeah. 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 And they exist in a place that is just passing the worst laws in the world. But every Arkansas yeah. is so yeah. beautiful though. It like is. it really it's is a right beautiful state. But yeah. Oof. But the Crescent Hotel haunted and when I stayed there with a bunch of friends and someone brought her a Ouija board, I said, no, I'm leaving the room. I don't... <laughs> no, I'm a good boy. <laughs> but, but Blake, I, th- this was probably even like, I don't know, like 10 years ago. But I was like, <laughs> I'm too, this is too spooky. It's like you watching Hereditary. Shot- <laughs> yeah, too spooky. I was like, too spooky but- for me. There might. Yeah. Josh was like, I'm a Christian again. <laughs> kind of like. Kind of like me watching Hereditary. I was like, please, Jesus, get me out of this movie. <laughs> please get me out of this Alamo, Jesus. I'm not enjoying this one bit. I, anyway, doesn't nah, matter. No Can I ask a question? Go ahead. Were there separate institutions for just like That's normal, like crazies? Normal, I'm sorry. Insane. I don't want to use like a ableist term. Normal, insane, and then criminally insane. In the 1800s, yes. <laughs> okay. Making sure. Uh, do, do, you, do you? How much do you think, though? Like, I honestly don't know, and I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. How much should they just put people that were like, "Oh, this person's weird," because you know, like, it's it's 
look, are we taking yeah. the damn Joker and putting him in the same place that someone's just like, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know, I, like I, I kissed my male roommate and we're both men, you know? Yeah. like Or someone who's maybe autistic, but they didn't have the term at the time. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Someone, so, someone who actually has, yeah, treatable, like, the Joker is also treatable. <laughs> We, yeah, we, or someone who's like I bipolar as opposed to like <laughs> Marilyn can't. Manson. Basically, it's like, yeah, it. like a person with like severe depression or anxiety or maybe like a form of autism. And then someone who was like Charles Manson. Right. Like they're just in the they're same, all the same place. Or did they separate them? I mean, like, it's kind was of it like, like, uh, like Cuckoo's mm-hmm. Nest, right? Is they put the yeah. Nicholson character in the in the movie in with a lot of other people that were. Yeah, like well, Danny DeVito. Because he wanted he You wanted don't to want to be put in with Danny DeVito. That's <laughs> anyway, um Robin goes back home and is gonna smuggle the dress when her mom, who works long hours at the local bank, is actually home and says, Your prom dress worries are over. A friend from work has donated her daughter's old prom dress to me and shows her the dress, and it's a pale pink dress that is not flattering. And she tells her mom, hey, you know what? Miss Catherine is letting me borrow this dress, but don't make a big deal of it because, you know, she's tempestuous and she might change her mind. And that's when her mom tells her some town gossip that she heard about Miss Catherine. And she tells her daughter that Rowena, Miss Catherine's twin sister, was actually the one who caused the scar on Miss Catherine's face that she had thrown acid at her. Um, like Two Face, <laughs> just like Two Face, Blake. We're just <laughs> his origin. Yes, we're right back into the mm-hmm. uh, the Batman universe, Blake. That's why <laughs> she universe, was in yeah. Arkham. Yeah, exactly. Um, so she threw acid at her on prom night, and everyone just kind of assumed it was jealousy. And Robin kind of gets upset. And her mom says, oh, no, honey, it's okay. Rowena died in a fire. It's fine. She's dead now. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Don't worry, sweetie. Uh, she died in a fire. <laughs> she burned alive. It's fine. <laughs> so Robin goes back upstairs and she tries on the lace dress and it fits her perfectly. And the next week until prom is just perfect. She finds out that she earned the dance scholarship. And from Charles stinning her heart out, you know. <laughs> and she... <laughs> She goes. Can I say that I am going to have to watch some videos of people doing the Charleston because I don't think I actually know what it is now that we keep talking about it. Have you ever seen like The Great Gatsby or anything? Like it's just the flapper dance. It's a lot of grabbing your knees. Okay, that's what I was picturing, but I wasn't. Yes. Maybe she's going to a university in Charleston. Could be. So it's very important that (laughs) she. That's their favorite dance. Perfect it. I guess that's where the. They get the name of it, maybe? Is, is that the, where it came from? Is it the thing that Bob Reno did on Welcome Back, Cotter? I don't know. I don't know because Welcome I'm not Cotter. 50 years old. Why would oh, I I'm know not, this? I'm not 50 years old. I am a 100-year-old that knows the Charles. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'll have to look up this Bob Reno's dance. Katie, right, is the that bullying the... I have to put up with here, week in and week out from these two. <laughs> Whatever. Is that the one that uh was John Travolta on that show? He's Bob Reno. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was making oh, sure okay. that was his character. Yeah. Okay. Thought he was Horshack. He's not Horshack. No, he, he is not Horshack. Horshack. <laughs> Horshack was later killed in a Jason movie. Oh was snap. it Jason Lives? Sounds sounds about right. Okay. okay. Anyway, watch Jason Lives. It's a great flick. It's better than Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> 
So it's prom night and she gets ready for prom. And as she comes downstairs, Tyler is sitting at the piano playing duets with her little sister, Gabby. And he got a cream colored tux to match her prom dress. And Gabby is watching Katie Tyler. Shaking, oh. shaking her head at the. They, just, they seem like a very beige colored smear of a couple. <laughs> They both have very blonde hair and very blonde colored outfits. (laughs) You think they'd be really washed out, right? Like that was the style, man. (laughs) That is, I I will say, that's a very like eighties. Like, did people in the eighties think this was hot and cool? (laughs) Because this sucks. Yeah. Well, the most famous 80s prom movie I can think of is Pretty in Pink. And I remember a certain Ducky who looked amazing for prom, but, right? But Ducky is was not... He beige? But no. Ducky is not du- cool. Right? Um, Excuse me. If I were Andy, I would have been all over Ducky. The whole point is that he's not cool. The whole I point is that... I love sh- his hat and his glasses and his whole look. Don't that's even not, start That's Blake, not the question. Or, or, sorry, Jessica, I know that yes. you are choosing the right guy in life. Yes, not thank the you. cool thank guy. You. And that's why mm-hmm. you're choosing Ducky. Not yeah, That's what I'm saying, Blake, is you're making the not I, hot I'm guy John choice. Cryer up in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you rather be James Spader? Uh, not now. Not now I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. Or, uh, wait, who? Andrew McCarthy. James Spader is like the rich boy villain who like tries to separate them because he thinks that she's poor. Anyway, we're not talking pretty nope. pink. Get Maybe that will track. be a bonus Sorry. episode we'll do sometime. <laughs> um <laughs> Maybe with Katie, because it has a lot of fashion. <laughs> Got a lot of looks to talk about. A lot of hats. Did yes, Hughes, lots did, of hats. Were a lot of those really fashionable? Like the Hughes movies? They're, the clothing? Yeah. They're a bit iconic. Yeah, I would say um, I love Ducky's whole look and Pretty in Pink. And I also loved Annie Potts, who ran the record store. Yeah. Like, I thought she had a mm. cool look. But I thought Molly Ringwald's character herself, Andy, did not have a good look. I mean, controversial uh, yeah, opinion. Yeah, that is a take. <laughs> okay. Her look in 16 Candles was far better. I don't know. I don't know if Katie agrees with me. She's, she's the fashion person. So. Oh, my gosh. You are the fashion person. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, remember um, Sloane's, like, white leather jacket and Ferris Bueller's Day Off with, like, the fringe on it? Oh, my gosh. Fringe. I think about that jacket yes. all the time. That's a. She was probably the coolest John Hughes girl. Now that I'm thinking about it, was Sloane, <laughs> right? Um, uh, Ali Sheedy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, she's pretty cool. Pretty for sure. Yeah, she's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I mean, she's cool. cool. It, yeah. it it it's kind of a generic fashion. In we're talking Breakfast Club, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she just yeah. kind of had a sweat like. <laughs> She was proto hot topic. Easy to Come do, on. you know, like when you're writing your uh, description in your screenplay, just like a sweater and looks angry. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like describing. There's more, there's like, more nuance um, than that. Um, okay, all right. Must have dry scalp. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so. All right. Um. Anyway, they go to prom, and of course. They win prom king and queen, and so the most washed-out beige couple climbs the stairs. And, oh, the theme for the prom was it Stairway to the Stars. Am I right? Ooh. And so there's, like, this 
big stairway they have to walk to get to where they're going to be crowned, where there's like a throne for the cup thrones for the couple. <laughs> and for some reason, Tyler stops. Like I, I have a lot of questions about this scene. So I have a lot of questions reason, Tyler... about the insurance rate that the uh, <laughs> that the school is paying to be. <laughs> To be like, no, sometimes we're just going to have teens walk up a gigantic staircase. There's this gigantic staircase. He stops like halfway up. That probably. And leans to kiss her, right? Oh, okay. And it's like this romantic moment. And it, I think it like catches her off guard, kind of. And she leans back against this flimsy railing that is in place. And the railing, like, I think somehow the dress gets caught on something and it catches her off guard. And she loses her balance and falls backwards, and he falls on top of her. But not only does he fall on top of her as they're falling down, but the throne that she was supposed to sit on falls on top of her feet, crushing them. So I have a lot of questions. One, how many flights were they going up to get up to this stage? (laughs) Who let these kids construct it? And how heavy was that throne? Have you... Proms are not expensive, <laughs> elaborate things. It's, it would probably be like a folding chair decorated to look like, you know what I mean? Or like a wooden the, chair decorated to look thing, like a throne. Right. Is that you, in your head, it's like the prom committee is putting it together. So it's a bunch of like 15 yes. year old. I mean, that could yeah. be like shit went wrong well that's why you have i would a, understand a bunch why, of like, little, the... like the freaks and geeks boys like, <laughs> being like okay we're uh we're setting this staircase up sam is getting it together right, exactly. uh, and then uh, one of them got distracted by like a, a girl talking to him and it just ruined the staircase yeah well i it was the flimsy railing really right but I don't understand how the throne fell on top of her and why the throne weighs 300 pounds and crushed her feet. So, like, the iron picture, throne. Yeah, exactly. It. Picture the iron throne perched <laughs> atop a staircase that was constructed by, like, a high school musical stage crew. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nuts. I'm just going to say, like, it's bonkers. I, I think we have so. to think of it like watching Glee, like the production values of what happens in their glee club glee clubs famously have a million dollar budget and that kind of unlimited yeah and also this is written by a 60 year old woman who probably hadn't set foot in a high school since well maybe ever (laughs) i I mean i don't know where she went to school and a one-room schoolhouse maybe all she got from proms and stuff was from tv like, and of course, you know, a John Hughes movie is going to have a huge budget where you would have an Iron Throne, yeah. but <laughs> not a real high school. It'd be like so, the Boston's. Oh, that wasn't prom. That was a. No, that was just a college a thing, party. You know, yeah. <laughs> share, put, but she had the, the Beverly Hills uh, money to uh, throw that together. Never mind. Right. Yeah. So we switched to our second, uh, our second female character who is seduced by the dress. Um, it's Felicia. She is a nurse um, who works at the local hospital, and she's engaged to Mark, who is a divinity student, and she is on duty when Robin is brought in. And a boy, Tyler, is very distressed, and he's worried more about Robin's legs. He's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just take care of her. Robin is You got to be worried obvious- about those legs. We've already learned how great those legs are. <laughs> like Tina Turner legs, right? Yeah. yeah. So... 
<laughs> so Robin basically is like in and out of it in an extreme pain, but she comes to when she hears a doctor who's like, we're going to cut this dress off. And she's like, no, you're oh, not. Anything you're not but cutting this, this yeah. off. Take my so, legs. Yeah. So Felicia is like, I will help you save this dress. And she's taking the dress off of her and unbuttoning all these like perfect like pearl buttons and is just like amazed by the beautifulness of this dress and she's admiring it and how there's really no damage to it doesn't know what accident they've been in but wow the dress is still intact and she's like man this girl must be rich you know she's dating this millionaire boy you know this dress must have cost a fortune and um she hangs the dress back up in like the closet where in the room where robin will be and robin is rushed off to like emergency surgery and later on she tells her boyfriend or fiance sorry mark about it and mark's like oh i know robin um they aren't millionaires and she's like oh no wonder why that poor girl was worried about her dress she must have sunk every penny into it and felicia also has an occasion that she needs a really good dress for um she is josh i have questions about this for you so (laughs) (laughs) she is um she has to attend a graduation dinner at dean goodies um, or Gowdy's? I'm going to say Goody. Gowdy is too hard to say. Um, and she, the dean of the of the school that Mark attends, uses this opportunity of this party to see if the girlfriends are good wife material for ministers before he gives these students recommendations for jobs. So she has to really impress uh, Dean Goody, and she needs a perfect dress for it. Um, Josh, your father is the dean of a religious institution mm-hmm. correct whoa he's the jerry falwell jr of a certain <laughs> uh, i'm the don East jr Coast. of this podcast right so uh, what is your does question this happen? i just wondered if this happens if your dad hosts like are we little... talking about if they're checking hymens <laughs> no oh, no no I'm asking if your father has little dinner parties for his graduating ministers where he meets their prospective brides to be and judges them and then determines if he'll give them good recommendations or not. I does this happen? Cannot imagine this happening. Okay, but I don't know that it's so far out of the realm of possibility that it could. You know, okay. like I don't know. There was never any night where a bunch of ladies came over to our house. <laughs> Okay, well, I just wondering. I guess you would remember a house full of ladies, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Robin comes to in the hospital in extreme pain and doesn't know the full extent of her accident. And her first thought is getting out of the hospital in time to smuggle the dress back to Miss Catherine's and wondering if there's any damage to the dress. And she makes Felicia show her the dress. And when Felicia holds the dress, Robin notices that it also makes her beautiful, which surprises her because... Felicia has dark coloring. This dress would look way better on her than it would on Robin with dark hair and eyes. And No, what you want to go for is a really washed out approach. <laughs> okay, you want to sorry. match your hair to the beige dress. Um, That's just basics yeah. of fashion. So the doctor comes in and explains all the surgeries that Robin will have to have. Oh, my God. And Robin's like, great, I'm never dancing again. Also, this Blake, is America. She, she fell off all of the uh, gigantic towers made by... Uh, 10th graders (laughs) (laughs) so of course this is america too and her family is already poor so does her mom have insurance like who's gonna cover this yeah she'll probably never dance again like i don't know how they're gonna afford anything 
Um, So whenever her mom and Gabby come, Gabby offers to take the dress home for safekeeping. And Robin says no, because she doesn't want her sister to fall under the spell of the dress. And when Robin finally does fall asleep, Felicia sneaks back into the room and pulls out the dress. And Robin hears her in like her opioid, opioid haze say, this would be perfect. Absolutely perfect for me. So Felicia, when Robin is asleep, she is contemplating borrowing the dress and she holds it up against her and looks at herself in the mirror. I guess there's a full-length mirror in the room <laughs> in the hospital. Yeah, for getting dressed. And um, you got to see how you're going to look in that uh, the like the hospital gown. You like, do got to make sure your well, your you, bottom's not hanging there, out. I mean, there's a vanity every in every room. <laughs> yeah, people people love to have men's asses hanging out in movies like isn't this the funniest yes. thing if someone is right i mean it is butts are funny so <laughs> every fairly brothers every movie time. i feel like there has been a, a wilson yes. brother or something walking through there no no one that handsome are you kidding yeah me? what the butt shot is always like a middle-aged dumpy dude it's like it's it's jeff bridges <laughs> and dumb and dumber anyway anyway yeah. So um, whenever Felicia is looking in the mirror and holding the dress up to her, she notices a splotch on her cheek and she rubs at it and she's like, oh, it must have just been a shadow because I don't see it anymore. Um, she goes shopping, trying to find a dress, but everything looks cheap after Robin's dress. And she thinks to herself, it's still better to be cheap and tacky than a thief. Um, <laughs> at the end of her shift one night, she takes out the dress. It's better to be a thief. I want to say that. (laughs) Um, She takes that dress, knows that it is perfect, and um, she wants to do whatever it will take to impress Dean Goody and Mary Mark. And so she takes the dress and tries it on. It's a little snug, but it looks amazing. Cut to the Goody Divinity dinner party. Um, She's there. She meets the Goodies. And she meets all of his Divinity School friends, including a creep named Brent, who says things to her like, come on, Angel, let's find something to snack on before I start nibbling at your ear. So, oh my, good Divinity student there. I'll say it, it is never goody. good if if someone's calling you Angel. <laughs> um, uh, throughout the, the night, the dress keeps getting tighter and Felicia, Felicia is sure that everyone can see how tight and inappropriate this dress is. Um, whenever it's dinner time, they are seated at the table with the dean where all the favored students sit. Um, I guess other students are relegated to a table in another room. <laughs> like, there's the dean's table and then there's the... There's the kid's table. table. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, and when she's there, a girl who is also at the party recognizes her as Robin's nurse. Um, she went with her sister to visit Robin and Felicia is very scared that she's going to know that she's wearing Robin's dress, but... Phew, she never saw the dress because she was not at prom. But the dress just keeps getting tighter and tighter, and she just can't think anymore. It's 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 just completely consuming her with, you know, she can't breathe even. And so she claims that something went down the wrong way, and she's kind of choking and excuses herself. And Mrs. Goody accompanies her to the bathroom and gives her a cough drop, which I think is funny. Like a Luden's <laughs> right. cherry-flavored yeah. cough that drop. That helps with choking. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- this so, will do it. <laughs> yeah. And so Miss Goody leaves her alone. Yeah. <laughs> Take a Ricola. So Mrs. Goody leaves her alone, and the dress is just too tight, and she's sure that the seams are bursting at this point. And she looks in the mirror, but she still looks the same. 
And she really, She's really, out. yeah, she really, really wants to go home. She just has all this guilt and anxiety. And plus the dress is just so tight, but she can't figure out how to leave. She takes off her dress and then digs into Mrs. Goody's closet and finds old jeans and a shirt and a cap and puts them on, grabs a bag randomly that she finds, shoves the dress in the bag and then just runs down the stairs and out of the house. And she hears Mrs. Goody yelling after her, like, hurry, he's got my blue bag. Go after him. This is the strangest decision I've ever heard. (laughs) I mean, she's plotting, like, all these things. Like, why don't you just say, I don't feel good and I need to go home. Like, why? Like, (laughs) And it just gets worse from here. It does, because now you... Now she stole two outfits because she stole that lady's (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Is it the, also the haunted jeans? <laughs> the haunted baseball cap. So we cut back to Robin. Her dance instructor shows up with a letter from the university, and they tell her that they're holding her scholarship until um, she is better. And she says, oh, good. I'll just put taps on my wheels. So they talk about the prom, and Mrs. Feldstrom, her dance instructor, heard that her dress is beautiful. And Robin's like, hey, you want to see it? And so Cynthia goes to get the dress. But a nurse comes in and everyone leaves before she pulls the dress out. Then Gabby comes to visit and tells her that Miss Catherine is back, but she hasn't asked about dress. And Robin asks if Gabby said anything about it and asks if there was any damage to the dress. And Robin says it was torn, but she doesn't want to take it back to Miss Catherine until it is fixed. Um, And Gabby has a tiny sewing kit that she always carries on her and offers to repair the dress. And Robin insists on doing it herself. And when Gabby goes to the closet, the dress is gone. So cut back to Felicia, who has decided to run to a bus stop that is nearby. And she gets on the bus, throws $2 at the bus driver, runs to the back, um, takes off the baseball cap and throws it out the window. Oh. And um, she opens the bag and the dress is in there still glowing. (laughs) Like It's always glowing. (laughs) Um, it's like when they open this uh, briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yes, yeah or yeah. the trunk in Repo Man. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Weird. And she's trying to find her shoes. And when she's digging around in there, she finds a pouch. And when she opens it, there is a real pearl necklace and earrings. Another question. Why are your real pearl necklace and earrings randomly shoved in a duffel bag in your closet? Did she just come back from a trip and didn't unpack? Hiding it from thieves. <laughs> Wait, on your Not trip, too smart, you were guess like, what thieves you know what I'm going to do with my pearl necklace? Yeah, in the duffel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm taking it to the gym later. Well, thieves, thieves look for bags to shove stuff in. That's so why, why she was you... so upset about her leaving with the bag. Well, I know that's why she was upset with her leaving about with the bag, but... Now I get it. Don't keep your pearls in a random bag because that's what thieves are going to grab to... To put crap in as they're they're nah, bur- burgling okay. you is what I'm trying to say. Can yeah, I I've seen Home Alone? Can I now ask a question? Mm-hmm. Why do women love pearls so much? Yeah, because they why? come from the depths of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then they're really, really like real pearls are so pretty. I wanted a pearl wedding ring. Didn't happen because <laughs> pearls are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to look. Drive to Visionary. Okay. I'm on a librarian salary over here. (laughs) Pay librarians more, please. Oh, yes. I I do agree with that. No, but I have my grandma's wedding band, and so it's far more special. And it's also really simple, which is more my style. But that's a real thing, huh? That women really do love pearls. 
I think it's because they're they're rare and they take a long time to form. Probably. Okay. I mean, you can get fake pearls anywhere, but real uh, pearls are. I guess part of it's I don't know the difference. You know, like I wouldn't either. Yeah. Well, one way is I think if you because I think one of the characters later bites into the pearls to see if they're real or not, and I what? think that real pearl they don't bite into them, but they put them in their mouth. You and can like, check. Yeah. It's it's That's... gritty. I think real pearls are slightly gritty, and artificial pearls are perfectly like smooth. Will it and... break in your mouth in your teeth? I, I don't think you crunch them. I think you can just feel the texture. Like you just kind of. Like, yeah. I'm just imagining like a Looney Tunes cartoon now, and someone chomps down, and, they, <laughs> and their teeth fall their out. Te- <laughs> all their all their teeth uh, instantly disintegrate and fall. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a, a trap that our friend the Roadrunner would set for uh, oh, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> okay. uh, so um, she's still trying to think of excuses that she can tell Mark later when the bus stops at the next stop and Mark and the fr- a friend from the party get on and the bus driver yells at them and Felicia's like, oh, we're, we're just playing a game. And Mark is very confused and... Felicia makes up this really long... Car pranks. Yeah, basically. We're just doing bus pranks. It's just, just a friend I do bus just, pranks yeah. with. So uh, she makes up this really long, elaborate story about a man in a cap who um, made her take her dress off and put the dress in the bag. And he got off like a few stops ago. Um, and she has shoved the bag underneath the seat, right? Um, before they even got on. And so... Um, Mark's like, we're going to take you back to the goodies and we're going to call the cops. So she lies to the cops and all the lies are working out. Like they can call to confirm that she threw the $2 at the, you know, that she was in a rush and like threw the $2 at the bus driver and they can confirm, I don't know, all these stupid things that she said. Um, when they called the bus station to see if the bag is on the bus, it's no longer there. And Felicia's like, you know what? This is going too smoothly. Something is bound to go wrong. So we switch to our third dress victim, uh, Nicole, who this, is... This book actually should have been called <laughs> Victims of Dress. <laughs> that is a joke for no one in the world. <laughs> it's it's right. Blake. Blake was in a band. What was your old band called, Blake? Doesn't matter. They were called Victims of Telephone. Victims of Telephone. So I think Victims of Dress would be a great band name. Look, it that, was from a poem. That, uh, how old were you, like, in high school when, like... Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Blake's cutting all this, so... It, let's it just... tracks. <laughs> so Nicole is riding on a bus, and she feels something kind of bump up against her her foot as she's riding, and it seems as if whatever it was underneath the seat had made the movement that brought her foot in contact with it so she pulls it out and it's a bag and it has the dress in it and she's like oh my gosh this dress and she thinks about her horoscope from earlier that day that told her to take advantage of opportunities that may arise and finding this dress is fate it's fate guys um because she's on her way to a reception for an academic decathlon that she is taking place in and it's this is an awfully fancy academic decathlon, by the way. Um, and instead of wearing her boring uh, skirt and dress she had packed, she's like, I'm going to wear this dress and wow everyone because you know what? I'm tired of being just a brain. I'm also a hottie. I'm tired of being known as Encyclopedia Eckhart. Um, did, so did, 
did anyone ever do debate in high school? Yes, and it was awful. No, it is awful. But yeah, did you ever do debate? No, or I never have, did. But have you seen those kids walking around like reciting to themselves? Yes, like in the hallway. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Like they really would, fast. They'll go up to a wall and they'll talk at the wall when they're rehearsing. <laughs> like they're talking to someone. It's really weird. I mean, and they it, talk very quickly, correct? Yes. It, mm-hmm. it, it is the model of Ben Shapiro. You know what I mean? Like, he's a debate kid. Oh, yes. But Every debate kid is Ben like, Shapiro. a debate kid wearing this dress. You know, like, she, like, goes there, <laughs> yeah, and she's yeah. wearing this dress reciting at the wall, like, her, like, 60-second, like, rebuttal. Yeah, they would not fit in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be so but I, weird. I, yeah. The boys I mean, do you know, wear she's... suits, though. Yeah, but when I think Everybody of, like... wears professional attire. Yeah. When I think of academic decathlons, I think of more, like... From what I see in movies, like where kids are dressed up like mathletes or We're something. We're thinking of the yeah. Saved by the Bell episode where Zach goes, Vimsnup, Venus. <laughs> Do you not remember that episode? <laughs> this is classic Saved by the Bell, know. Jessica. I've been rewatching them and I don't remember this one. Maybe it's one I it's missed somehow. It's okay. He, I didn't like the later ones. Was, was it a Tory season? Look, as a Tory fan, <laughs> I think Tory it is. Stan. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to. I'm, I'll get there eventually. On Saturday mornings, I wake up and watch like five episodes of Saved by the Bell and drive Blake crazy because it's, it's on Hulu. Deranged. So. But anyway. Blake, I yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So um, she shoves this bag that she found in her suitcase in hopes that no one saw. And she thinks about all these fortuitous, like, fateful things that happened. And one is that Mr. Waring's station wagon broke down that they were all supposed to ride in to get to the decathlon. But they all had to ride the bus instead. And that's where she found this beautiful dress. And the bus stops randomly. And the bus driver asks if anyone had noticed a blue bag that was left behind. And Nicole's like, nope, <laughs> nothing here. Um, she needs that dress. When they get Just to the university. Just whistling uh, <laughs> for no reason. Like clapping, yeah. clapping the hands back and forth. <laughs> Nothing to see here, no guys. No cat, no cradle. <laughs> so um, when she gets to the dorm room in the university and she pulls out the dress and looks at it. And it's just so beautiful. And after her shower, she puts on the dress and it fits perfectly. And when she's looking in the bag, holy cow, there's jewelry and shoes. It's just perfect. And she puts everything on, the whole ensemble, and looks in the mirror. But she notices something on her left cheek. And she kind of looks in, and it looks like it's a mud pack on that side of her face. And then she's like, it's just a trick of the light. Uh, By the way, she has also a different coloring. She's a redhead. So this dress... It goes with anything. Goes with anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's the new black. So um, her uh, frenemy slash doormate while they're participating in this decathlon comes in and uh, is like, wait for me. I'll, we'll go together. And she's like, uh-uh, I'm making my own entrance. So she goes downstairs by herself and she's kind of unsteady in these heels. She's just not used to heels. And she kind of hesitates. There's this gigantic Einstein bust at the entrance of like the um, reception area where they're having this like dance and dinner for all these um, academic decathlon kids. And she kind of has, she kind of hesitates there. And then 
walks on into the room and everyone is just taken aback. She is so beautiful. Brian chokes that she's because she's so hot. Um, get, they all get this guy a lodge whenever she approaches. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get him a Ludens. Um, <laughs> and she just loves being the center of attention, but her frenemy Tanya is not too happy about it. Um, when they go to the bathroom together, because girls do that. Tanya asked where Nicole got the dress and Nicole was like, oh, uh, I borrowed it from my cousin. And Tanya says, hey, it's weird that there was a missing bag on the bus. And Nicole's like, yeah, weird, huh? And she gets really <laughs> paranoid. Like, she's just <laughs> afraid that Tanya is going to narc on her the rest of the night. Um, they go back to the dance and her dance card is just full. She's just dancing with everyone, including Mr. Waring, who is like the teacher advisory type person. And he's uh. also... We find out recently widowed, right? <laughs> so she concocts this. She decides that she's in love with him. She doesn't even call him Mr. Waring. She starts calling him. Is his name Steven? Is that right? His real name? Probably calls him Stevie. You know, <laughs> my little pet uh, name for you. Steve. Uh, uh, Steve. Okay. So. So she. Katie, you were shaking your head no at that. Uh, <laughs> would Would you agree that uh, teachers should not be dancing with their students? so um the well no first of all but (laughs) (laughs) i was shaking my head was um you know it's not like an innocent we're dancing to some like paula abdul number on the dance floor with all the kids this is a very like intimate (laughs) dance he's like whispering in her ear Oh, uh, they're, they're, they're dancing to we're, You Look Wonderful Tonight by Eric Clapton. Oh, Bump and Grind <laughs> is coming on. <laughs> Bump and Grind comes on. <laughs> Grab your favorite student. Oh, and appropriate artist, too, if we're it's, talking about. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it, it, it is one of the things where if it's like, what is, what's the stupid cowboy song that they play at? Old Town Road. Copperhead Road? No, it's like the old one. Breaky Breaky Heart. Cop- boots, boots, scoot. Boots Boots so you're talking you're talking <laughs> yeah. line dancing now that's totally different no, that's yeah. what I'm saying is, that is completely fine yeah if, you're not yeah. touching yeah you're well, just yeah. rhythmically it's... moving in a line cupid shuffle fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> cupid shuffle when, with your teacher when, <laughs> when cupid shuffle comes on grab your uh your ta no. <laughs> <laughs> but macarena probably fine probably fine right but yeah you should not be touching a student. And <laughs> no. a teacher no. should not be holding you. Like, the, you know what I mean? The only thing you can ever do is give a little pat on the head. Doink, doink, doink. You can't say doink, <laughs> doink, doink, but it has to be a little, like, a little pat and say, good job. Yeah. Well, poor Nicole just has this whole fantasy in her head, completely ignoring Brian, who is obviously head over heels for her and is age appropriate. Brian uh, is like totally this- cuckolded by this older <laughs> teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, he's, I think he's it's the, 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 bull the lost puppy kind of thing, right? Where he, he's recently widowed. His wife and child died in a car accident recently. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to go to college. We'll get married and date. Maybe he can go to grad school while I'm going to college. Like, these are very like juvenile, <laughs> like teenage ideas, right? So she got that right, but oh man, I just cannot imagine dancing with the teacher no matter how hot they were. <laughs> like, ew, sorry. Yeah, like he actually says, 
I guess a teacher can dance with his star pupil. Can, if you can feel, you know? <laughs> if you feel uncomfortable about it, we can talk about the Teapot Dome scandal or the causes of the War of 1812. He grinned down at her, teasing again. <laughs> oh, I wow. mean, the Teapot Dome scandal is pretty sexy. So that's a technicality. He's got her. So. <laughs> as long as you're talking about school, yes, it is okay. Okay. So, um, while she's dancing with her teacher, I'm just going to say it that way, she sees in the corner of her eye, Tanya is talking to a man and is pointing at her direction. And she's like, oh my God, it's a cop. And Tanya is turning me in. They know I have the dress and the pearls and then I stole them off the bus. And so she tells her teacher that a scene the, split The cop in her is dress. not angry about a teacher grooming a... a- <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, that's that's fine. Uh, yes. we, we approve. The thing I'm yeah. mad about is uh, the property. missing the pearls. Pro- Excuse me. Well, there's a magical dress on the loose right now. <laughs> so um, she is terrified and begins to run and is stumbling in those heels that she's not used to running in. And as she gets near the exit... Where once again, that Einstein bust is, she grabs onto it for support and her ankle suddenly twists and she falls. And as she falls, this Einstein bust falls oh. on her head. <laughs> and The ultimate irony. Once again, <laughs> Sam Weir has uh, been too distracted to <laughs> set everything up. <laughs> to properly secure the Einstein bust, yes. Yeah. So um, as she is, as everything is fading to black, she overhears... Tanya say that oh the man was just looking for him. he's probably had a telegram from her parents that were congratulating her and then Nicole can't speak so the next shift Felicia has to work um, she's coming in and Betty the night nurse tells her that Robin's dress is missing but wait it's back because another girl was rushed to the emergency room and was wearing that dress and Felicia is terrified what? that it could be traced I know, right? Um, What are the odds? Felicia's first thought is like, oh, God, it could be traced back to me. But the nurse tells her that Nicole has amnesia and can't remember anything. And so she goes to check on Robin and shows Robin the dress that is back in her closet and um, tells her what she knows about it. Oh, that it was found on another girl, I think. Is that what I referred to then with my (laughs) note that I did not clarify very well? Um, and she assures Robin that they will send the dress home so it'll be safe, and Robin says no. And that's when Felicia starts thinking about the dress and how it's connected to all these injuries. Like, Robin is a dancer. M. Night Shyamalan now, scene. Is, right, you know, where, it's like just, six cents, like where it's just all, it's all coming. All <laughs> dramatic <laughs> music. So, Robin, right? She, Her feet are forever damaged she will never dance again nicole who was a brainiac now has brain trauma for Einstein. and wait was she yeah mine? yeah yeah uh, that's and called a uh, dramatic irony is i think uh it's a it's a bit yes. of a literary uh trope uh. yeah <laughs> and felicia herself has lost um something that she valued her integrity and mark will no longer see her as virtuous Um, so she goes to talk to Nicole and she describes the girl as being blank and the boy, Brian, who was cuckolded by a teacher, (laughs) as Katie pointed out. (laughs) I mean, Um, 
calling someone a cuck on this podcast is the best thing you can do. <laughs> like, I, I mean, what if he's into it? What if he's into it? Don't shame him. No, I'm saying I laugh about it every time. <laughs> and I'm usually the one saying it. So thank you so much. <laughs> this, is, this is why me and Josh shouldn't be allowed on here. Um, excuse me. Katie brought it up. Oh, it's true. No, We're I'm saying that ones. I'm saying I'm so glad that it was someone other than me saying right. it for once. Yeah. Not the bad boy for once. Yeah. Um Brian is the very best concerned. Boy for once. <laughs> yeah. So Brian is concerned that um Nicole will get into trouble because of the dress and jewelry situation. Um Felicia goes back to Robin and says, Look, the dress is evil. I'm going to confess to you that I stole it, and here's what happened to me, and I think we should destroy the dress. And Robin says no, and she confesses that she stole the dress and is scared of what will happen if they destroy it. So they decide that Gabby will take the dress home, and um, sorry, Robin is convinced that if she tells Gabby to just keep it in the garment bag and not open it, that Gabby will be a good girl and will do that. <sighs> well... We'll see what happens. So no one can resist the dress. I don't trust anyone <laughs> yeah. that's near this dress. Is what I'll say. <laughs> oh so Gabby comes to the hospital and brings the garment bag like her sister requested. And oh, thank God Tyler is there because she has missed him so much. Um, Robin gives her very strict instructions about the dress, and Tyler offers to give Gabby a ride home instead of having her ride the bus. And Robin's kind of wary of that and is like, no, the bus is fine. She can ride the bus. And Tyler's like, we know what happened last time this dress was on a bus. Like, no, I'll drive her home. And Gabby and Tyler uh, walk out together and she's thinking about her big crush on him. And she justifies it because Robin goes through boys the way some girls go through toothpaste. That line should be the way all girls go through toothpaste, I hope. I mean, because I hope all <laughs> girls are brushing their teeth properly. I've got some questions about toothpaste. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many times do you brush a day? Because I think we, I think we should be brushing at least three times. Yeah. I brush two to three. Ridiculous. Because, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Blake, listen. And I say this is someone who has janky teeth like i do too buddy like, maybe we overbrush let me tell yeah, you that's no, your problem that's not my problem <laughs> no when, it's not my when, i have weak enamel yeah i yeah yeah I've, it's been since i was a kid but when i taught colombian students they would all be in the bathroom at the eli brushing after lunch and so we, mm-hmm. they were like teacher we brush in the morning we brush after every meal yeah and i was like oh that is actually seems like a logical thing that we should culturally do. Some people do. So three times, I know, like uh, a guy I work with, though, bathroom and no, brush. I, that's too many times. <laughs> take, I, take I brush two to three times. But uh, a guy I worked with, I will say, I, I'm totally fine with oral hygiene. But don't do it in the break room where everyone works. Oh, yeah. He would pull out his toothbrush and brush his teeth in the break room. And I'm just now thinking in this era of COVID, just... Where everyone's eating. If you see that guy spitting it out in the... You know, let's just like, no, thank you. His droplets. He's like, and I remember one time I was like, please don't do that in here. And he's like, what, you want me to do it in the public restroom? And I was like, yes, (laughs) I do. (laughs) Just not not around me. I don't care. This is also public, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, and it's probably actually filthier than the bathroom because the bathroom gets cleaned at least once a day at Barnes and Noble. You got to sign that little sheet. But 
<laughs> or at least Actually, claim to sign didn't, it. Really, yeah. We didn't keep I know the lies that the Barnes and Noble employees have told. Yeah. Well, we never had a sheet, but also we would only it got cleaned like in the morning when the janitorial staff came in. Yeah. But also, if there was an incident, we'd be alerted. Um, someone asked Hannah, former guest, about poopocalypse, and she has a story. I had my own. Yeah, poop, we all have our own Barnes horrors. and Noble poop stories. So. I mean, guess the last time <laughs> that the bookmarks bathroom has even been cleaned. So you know, like I don't want to know. That's why it's not open to the public. So <laughs> that's a hazard. It should not be. Um. Anyway. So anyway, okay. okay. Uh, let's get back to this. <laughs> That's right. We're only going to talk about this for five hours. So um, Gabby um, lures Tyler to come into the house whenever he drops her off to do what with her on her piano. And she's like, hey, you know what? We should really surprise Robin when she comes back home um, and we'll surprise her with, you know, a song that we learned together on her arrival. We'll play it. And he stays for hours and they play together. And at the end of the night, whenever he leaves, he doesn't call her kid like he normally does. Um, so after he leaves, Gabby goes upstairs and pulls the dress out and holds it against herself in the mirror. And for a moment, she thought she saw a smudge on her left cheek. But when she opened her eyes wide, it was gone. It so keeps happening. It was just her, her eyes that time. It wasn't the mirror and it wasn't the light. <laughs> Blames it on her own eyeballs. Okay. So Robin is finally given the okay to go home. Um, and Felicia still thinks that the dress should be destroyed. But that's not going to happen. So... Uh, Robin asks about Mark and Felicia tells Robin that she hasn't heard from Mark since she told him the truth about that night. And Robin is worried about Gabby and Tyler's friendship. Um, after she gets home and they duet to her, duet and play this song for her, they tell her that they have a gig playing together for an afternoon party. And also whenever she was at the hospital, they kept showing up at the hospital together. Um, Nicole, by the way, only do not trust it. Don't do not trust anything (laughs) about this. Uh, Nicole, by the way, only recovered a little bit of her memory, so her mind is basically gone. I I have some problems with this book in a minute that I want to rant about. (laughs) So, when Robin does get home, Gabby and Tyler play the song for her, and Gabby is excited about the upcoming performance. And Robin's like, "What dress are you wearing?" And Gabby's like, "Oh, don't worry." I'm going to wear that pink dress that um, mom's friend donated or, you know, gave to us. So Saturday comes and it's the day of um, Gabby and Tyler's performance. And Gabby takes her to Miss Catherine's house. And Robin is holding the garment bag with the dress in it. And um, Gabby drops her off and helps her get inside and leaves to go get ready for this this performance. And Robin tells Miss Catherine all about her accident at prom. And as she's telling her about this accident and about her feet being crushed by the throne, this is kind of graphic, right? Like Miss Catherine becomes excited and knows about the dress that Robin has borrowed it. And she did from the very beginning and um, says it was fine the last time, too. I don't know what that note means. Can someone tell me what that means, <laughs> what I just said? Oh, because I, think- I guess it's because they look out the window and she sees Gabby wearing the dress with Tyler? I think because um, Robin was like, don't worry, it wasn't damaged in 
my accident. And then Catherine, Miss Catherine's oh. like, it was fine the last time too. And I think she's referring to when she got acid thrown in her face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So very n- yeah. knowing. <laughs> yeah. So um, Robin happens to be looking out of the window and she sees Tyler picking up Gabby and Gabby is wearing the dress, the lace dress that is supposed to be in the garment bag right now. She's not wearing the pink dress. Nope. She's wearing this cursed dress. And Miss Catherine says, it's happening again, just like Catherine and Michael, sister against sister. And she's like very excited. (laughs) And Robin suddenly (laughs) feels this, (laughs) Robin feels this sudden hate for her sister who has been plotting and conniving behind her back and taking her boyfriend, just like Catherine took Rowena's boyfriend. And then she's like, wait, how did I know that? And also, Miss Catherine keeps referring to Catherine. And that's when it dawns. We have another Shyamalan moment where Robin Uh realizes that this is not Miss Catherine. This is Rowena. And Rowena tells her about the dress and how she cursed every stitch of that dress. That she had started making it for herself to wear to prom because she thought that her beau, Michael, was going to ask her. But instead, because of her damn birthmark... Michael asks Catherine to the prom and Miss Cath- or, sorry, Rowena says she finished the dress for her because I knew it was the last time she would ever be beautiful. And Rowena says that when Catherine came home, she threw acid on Catherine's <laughs> face after the prom. Um, this dress is, by the way, we need more dressmakers like this because this dress is indestructible. Like... So right. Did she was the dress cursed, or did she just make the decision to throw some acid on her, or is it both? Both. <laughs> she says she cursed it. Like I literally believe she just stitched it. It was like. Well, usually if something's cursed, that she'd have like an accident that's like supernatural or something. But no, she just threw acid in her face when she came home. So I was thinking maybe like she had to go to that like asylum because like maybe she was like a witch or people thought she was a witch or something and that's why she like cursed this dress yeah that's what i was wondering but also throwing acid in your sister's face yeah no the acid was just like a bitch move (laughs) (laughs) you would say that one should not uh throw acid in your sister's face (laughs) it's a faux faux pas (laughs) yeah it's not it's not respectable behavior when all your spells don't work. Just <laughs> get a bucket of acid. Um, so Robin is still looking out at her sister Gabby getting settled into like Tyler's hot little sports car. And she feels so much hatred for her sister. Wait, I'm sorry. She feels all that hatred she felt for her sister leave her. And she screams for her sister to stop. And Rowena is just like cackling like at the window watching like and is saying things like, I hate all beautiful young girls who have no trouble attracting Bo, which is like. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Um, And, you know, uh, (laughs) Robin is at this point in her wheelchair because she's still recovering. And I think both of her legs are in casts. And she I think she falls out of the wheelchair and like crawls to the door and somehow opens it and yells for Gabby. Or maybe she's walking on her casts. I can't quite remember. Does anyone remember how she actually gets to the door? Yeah, she's like like standing. Full process. Yeah, she's like standing on her casts, but then I think she kind of, I pictured it as like she kind of like falls 
and it's kind of like army crawling towards her sister as she's trying to get her sister's attention. Yeah. And so um, she manages to get her sister's attention, but she blacks out from like all the pain and like the efforts to get to her sister. And whenever she comes to, she's at home and the, um, the police came. um, And I guess to investigate the situation with (laughs) Miss Catherine slash Rowena and Tyler um, agrees to take the dress to the closet in the top of the attic for Robin and says that he thought it was weird that her sister was wearing the same dress that she had had that accident in. I'm like, yeah, duh, sister. I mean, <sighs> come on, Gabby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's dowdy if you want my opinion, but whatever. Robin says, yes, please take it back to the closet and hide it in the deep, dark depths of that attic and let the house destroy the dress. And she's sure that one day she will walk and dance again. Um, The family moves from their home to a nearby town that has a rehab center for Robin. That way they can be closer to it. And Tyler comes to visit and brings newspapers. And these newspapers contain the story of Catherine and Rowena. And the big story is that after the acid incident, Rowena was institutionalized and eventually she was released into Catherine's custody and the sisters lived as recluses. I am thinking big Edie and little Edie, right? (laughs) Like from, uh, (laughs) like there's just like a raccoon running around and they're just like bickering at each other about like their golden years. Um, So, there was a fire at this home they were living in and Rowena burned in the fire and Catherine moved back to the old family home where she was when Robin worked for her. But it actually wasn't Catherine. It was Rowena. Rowena was the one who started the fire that killed Catherine. But first, before she did that, she gouged out her own birthmark to make a scar that resembled Catherine's and took over her sister's identity taking the house and in her fantasies that Bo Michael. <laughs> um, okay. This is the end of the prestige when uh, uh, Christian Bale cuts off his own finger to match his twin. Cause they're doing the same type of switcheroo. I'm, I'm just putting this in terms. I can, well, understand. do you think maybe Blake is just dropping from hard Lale? spoilers? For, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, Decades I think Chris old, Nolan uh, did it first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the house is supposed to be torn down, which means hopefully the dress will be there when that wrecking ball comes right on through. But wait, we have an epilogue. Um, the owner of an antique shop is just feeling very lucky because she found these beautiful old dresses in this house that she bought. Actually, I think she bought all the items in the home before it was destroyed, right? Like some kind of uh, estate Mm -hmm. sale or something. And she brings them to her her store um, called Attic Treasures (laughs) to sell them. (laughs) I was like, wait, did I have that right? But yeah, that's actually Um, not far off from a name from a lot of like thrift stores yeah that you know a lot of the places around here have pretty bad yeah a thrift store in marshall when i was a kid was called hidden treasures so yeah same thing (laughs) um a young woman named natalie is shopping at attic treasures and she is trying to find a dress that will be great to wear for this audition she has coming up and that's when she finds this beautiful lace dress 
and she is so convinced that it will set her apart from every other actress. But it's so expensive. But that dress is calling to her, so she holds the dress up to her body in the mirror, and she had never looked so good before. But wait, there's something dark on her left cheek. Oh, it's just a shadow in the mirror. It's gone. So she shoves the dress in her shopping bag and runs from the store (laughs) because she is sure that she's going to get the part now that the director will love her in this and that she will wear the dress tomorrow for her audition. Do you think a director would love a really dowdy, dated dress? Yeah. Is she auditioning for like Our Town or... Is she doing the Charleston? Is it... (laughs) I'm I'm thinking of Pin Fifteen, the the little girl who doesn't fit in and wearing, oh. <laughs> wearing the old timey dress, and she's like, I found, I found it, it in, in the river. river. <laughs> I love that little girl so yeah. much. She's my favorite. Classic episode. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that episode before anyway, I go to bed tonight. Casting directors hate old Charleston dresses. This is something. This is not a Charleston dress. Charleston dresses are actually sexier oh, than flap- this dress. It's not. Is it a flapper dress or isn't it? No, it's flapper dresses are older. Hold, like, like Josh has our the copy cover again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's long. Okay, it's not revealing. Flapper dresses a, are short. They sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. Blake is like, I can't, I can't see knees. Forget this. Shit. They do have like <laughs> well, yeah. a dropped waist normally, like flapper dresses do. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're more revealing. shorter. They have shorter. They're, they're usually sleeveless. Correct. Mm-hmm. Here, here's how I'm gonna make sense of it. In the in the Phantom Thread and the okay. movie The Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, when he was a child, made a wedding dress for his mother in like, I don't know, 1860. And then his mother as a ghost comes to him and she's wearing this very ancient dress and weird hat and she's a ghost and it's really disturbing. Anyway, that's what I'm envisioning for this. I don't remember the scene at all. Oh, it's, it's. I just uh, remember incredible. a lot of like vomit. Josh, you know. I, all I'll <laughs> say is a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie coming out in December and we are going all together just so you know uh, Katie is coming is to town <laughs> we're gonna yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna come to town in come December yeah, you we're gonna take you we'll to go Bass to Pro. The Bass Pro we'll buy guns mm-hmm. together and then just I don't know shoot them in the air <laughs> <did>. or whatever <laughs> I don't we, know what you We do. can't pay We'll airfare. go to Eureka Springs so you can see the gigantic Jesus statue, and we'll stay at the Haunted Hotel, and we'll make Josh play with a Ouija board there. Mm, yes. I will not. I will run away. And then we'll go see the That's new Paul Thomas movie. Anderson movie. It's about oh, high school, so it's, it's, it, uh, oh, interesting. it's thematic for the podcast. Okay. It is. I sense a, a very good episode. We'll actually record in the flesh. We're all vaccinated. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting times coming up. Uh, <laughs> did you? Okay, so did you guys see the thing I sent to the to the chat? Uh, I'm on my phone, so I can't. You probably still can, but it's oh. not convenient. What did you send? It's a photo of another <laughs> book that she wrote. Okay, I have started. called. <laughs> Katie, can you see it? Oh my goodness! It's the... So, it, yeah, it's another book that was written by Lyle Lidke. It's called The Bridesmaid's Dress Disaster. Oh no! It looks like maybe it's for a younger audience. But um, yes, it is completely chapter book for kids, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> like the you gotta B. See, Jones. When you get a chance, you gotta see the bridesmaid's dress that uh, Lyle Lidke included on the cover of this book. <laughs> 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 Thank is it you. The same dress. That's my question. Picture. Um, Blake is googling it right now. 
Okay, so it's like a pioneer's dress made out of a quilt. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on. I think you found it. Yeah, it's like she's wearing a quilt. Uh... Oh, my. <laughs> I don't even know what. It is makes me think happening. of Midsomar for some reason. It... <laughs> I feel like those dresses were all. She white, is. But... She's very proud of herself wearing this quilt, I will say. <laughs> Can I also say that's a very Mormon dress? <laughs> More like a Pioneer's Days Mormon, though. Like, we're all moving to Utah because we've been oppressed in Missouri <laughs> and we've been oppressed in Illinois. Illinois, so yeah. One Promised by one, land. you just kept getting oppressed. But hey, we put my people west. have hey, known. <laughs> some really rough stuff happened. Yeah, dude. I know. I really agree. bad stuff. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. Freedom of religion, my butt in this nope. country. So, the prom dress. Did you guys give a final? All right. Um, should I do some Goodreads reading? Goodreads, the average rating is. 3.79 out of about 1,200 previews. Way too <laughs> Armand <high>. said... <laughs> I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it. Um, Armand Shock. said, four stars. What a cruel book. That was... <laughs> his review continued because I'm going to talk about some of the things he talked about too. Erica gave it three stars and she said, this is basically the sisterhood of the traveling pants, but it's a cursed dress and everyone who wears it is somehow doomed. <laughs> the sisterhood of the cursed jeans. <laughs> okay. Well, can I give my theory about the book? Uh, let me do one more review. It's by okay. Lauren who gave it one star and she said, I kind of like the evil precursor to sisterhood of the traveling pants, <laughs> but all. overall this book was overly didactic and not very scary or surprising. Um, uh, well, I have one question first. Katie, have you ever made traveling pants? No. Should we do that among the four of us? Would they, <laughs> yeah. Josh, how do you, how yeah, do you look in mom jeans? That's all, the question. We're all wearing the same size, I assume. I think I, like I, think I would look well okay. Mom jeans. I think the, I feel like actual okay. mom jeans would fit me good. Um, I'm just saying that's the most haunted outfit ever, right? Is the traveling pants. Yeah, and apparently there's a movie now on Shudder, which is that exact plot. It's like um, a haunted pair of jeans, uh, a cursed pair of jeans. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but like a few people commented on my like most recent post that they were like, you have to watch this wow. movie. Wow. <laughs> I, I can't Why remember what it's called, exist? but I saw a preview for it. And I was like, I want to watch do they, this movie. Do they cut off circulation? What's the deal with the jeans? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I'll watch it this weekend. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Maybe we should do a follow-up episode where we all watch that movie and talk about it. I'd be willing to do a bonus. Okay. So my it has nothing my, to do with it. And it's only because of what Jessica said about the author is my now global theory about the book is when I read it, I was just like, you know, it's just like a book about like a haunted dress. But now hearing her background, I think it's about vanity, you know, and like women mm -hmm. needing to... If you think that you need to look, the want the boys to like you, you know that kind of thing. Like I, I, I think it's a thing that is shaming because it, the the dress keeps like closing in on them. Yeah, that it's makes weird sense. that the object of vanity is dowdy and frumpy. But it gets less <laughs> and it gets less and less like that because it's it, your desire it to look better. Yeah, that's true. I think, and they also like all had to kind of compromise their morals in order to like become this beautiful version of themselves. Like yes. either they stole it from someone. Well, I guess they all stole it from someone. Yeah. They are sinning. She is right. About that. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a morality tale. They yes. are sinning, but I must say, you know why? It's all capitalism. It's the system we live under <laughs> where <laughs> these girls, almost all of them, I don't know about Felicia, she's a nurse, but Nicole and Robin and Gabby all come from poor families and feel like they have to put on appearances, mm-hmm. right? And they have to present themselves as being at least upper middle class. And the the money that they have does not allow for them to present themselves in that way, like the means they have. And so they have to resort to compromising their morals or whatever and to the, the, they, get the stress they feel will make them look like they're wealthy and like the, they're supposed to look and they're all being forced to suffer for guys named Tyler or you know like Randy or something <laughs> like <laughs> well they all have their freaking talents taken away like if Gabby had worn that dress they probably would have had some horrible accident where her hands got chopped off right like <laughs> right because right. she was a pianist so yeah. the things they had that would have actually helped them maybe pursue a better life were taken away from them nicole's mind is completely gone you know robin's feet are ruined and she can no longer dance and pursue her dreams of bettering herself so you know what armand is right this book is cruel Four stars, says Jessica. <laughs> Four? I enjoyed reading it. Like, I read this when I was a kid. I think it was like a point horror book my oh. sister had around the house. I and I And you were like, I'm I going to little. make, I'm going to cover your dress in blood, have fun <laughs> at prom, and I'm going to read your book. But I will say that even when I was a kid, like fifth, fourth grade, however it was, and I read this, I was like, that dress is ugly. And I can't believe these women are going <laughs> nuts over that dress. Like in my mind, I'm thinking like, like Katie did, like the cute 90s dresses with like the big skirts and that they were short and like the bodices were tight and just really cute and flirty and fun. And this yeah. dress was none yeah, of those, those things. Yeah, those bodices were uh, fun. <laughs> no, yeah, but, I, I don't know. What did you think? I enjoyed was a, reading the book. A cool outfit when you were a kid. I loved Ooh. anything that Claire Danes wore on my so-called life, except for one particular outfit, and I will find a screenshot of it and send it your way because it was the <laughs> okay. most hideous outfit. And Blake was like, "That's not that bad," and I'm like, "No, Blake, it's horrible." But other than that, I thought she that would never. I really liked like anything that was kind of. Uh, I really loved on. Okay, I loved slip dresses. And I I was yeah. like a chubbier kid and I could never find any that fit me, right? Or that were made for like my size at all. So I never had like a slip dress. But I thought like the cutest outfit in the world would have been a slip dress with combat boots. Like I just thought, hands down, that's just the and I still think that. Yeah. Like still I think, think it's like so. cute. A, a, kind of like a Daria style, right? Like if you threw like a little like a little army jacket over it, you yeah, need an army be... jacket too. It's like uh, the Lindsay yeah. Weir just to back <laughs> yeah. to That's exactly where my mind went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Katie, what was your idea of like a super cool outfit when you were a kid? Um, so let's see. I really liked um, Clarissa explains it all. She had kind of like a ton of different patterns and colors and stuff that she put together. And I also really loved this show called A Different World which was like a spin-off oh, of the yeah. Cosby yeah, yeah. show. And yeah, everybody, yeah. <laughs> they kind of wore like really like baggy, baggy Like Sinbad. Yeah. Sinbad yeah. was wearing like that gigantic sweater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody had very baggy clothes. And like I had like 8,000 cousins, so I always had a ton of hand-me-downs that were always too big for me. And um, so it worked out well for me. I just put a bunch of different 
clothes together that were <laughs> probably mismatched. Where, where were you Did finding you... clothes that looked like the a, a different world stuff? Well, like I mentioned, I had like a really large family, and so I got a lot of hand-me-downs from like older relatives. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, luckily, I guess they were somewhat stylish, or at least in my eyes, they were sort of stylish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was, those were like my two style shoes. Clarissa's yeah. style got kind of goes, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it still works. Oh yeah, yeah. It aged. Yeah, I. I mean, uh, a different world. The thing that stands out most to me is when I think of. I think there was a character named Dwayne Wayne, and he oh, had yeah. the, oh, the oh, sunglasses yeah. Yeah, there is. that flipped up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. They were like circle. They were circle oh, glasses, yeah. and you would just flip guy. them up. And I was like, oh my god! I, more than anything in the world. I want those glasses. Like I was, I don't know, like six or seven, eight when that show was. I don't know. It was late eighties, early nineties, right? Yes. The concept of a different world, and Katie can maybe speak to this more, is that the Cosby Show was supposed to be something about like like a black middle class family that would make people, you know, like be like, oh, black people are uh, humans, and. A different, a different world, world was, was a spinoff like with in, Lisa Bonet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like yeah. this is more a, more of an adult show, and can talk about like experiences in college and stuff. And so it, was, it had more issues than yeah, it had like more social issues. Yeah. <laughs> Would um, Louis Armstrong randomly show up and Bill Cosby's like, "Your uncle Louis here, hey, hey, hey!" And that's a really bad Bill Cosby. I, I can't do it. Have, I don't think that ever happened. Albert, yeah, but but Uncle Louis would just be hanging out with the Huxtables, you know, just playing his fucking trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> Your uncle's a jazz musician. They all are. That's, that was with the Simpsons joke. I also feel like the guy who did. Oh my God, who was the guy who did Stomp? I feel like he also made an appearance on the Cosby. Does anyone? No, not not Stomp. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Theo. No. Ah, uh, there was a big like Broadway show. Bring in the funk. Bring in the noise. Ah, yes. And it was that guy, Savion Glover. Oh, it's all. Oh yeah, he was definitely. Wow. Yeah, Look yeah. at me. I feel like he was like a cousin who showed up on the show. <laughs> like anyone who was super talented uh, was brought on as part of the Huxtable clan. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Did you um, say well, his? Well, um, what? What I want to say, as Blake is mm-hmm. wrapping us up, is, uh, Blake, what style did you think was cool? And I'm going to guess it was whatever female pop star was cool <laughs> on a t-shirt when you were younger. So, tif- yeah. so tif- e- Tiffany? Yeah, I dressed like Debbie Gibson. Mall, mall core, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I grew up in a complete cultural void um, where I had no one to look up to other than the cooler kids and in my com- completely cultural free school <laughs> cult- my my school which was a cultural void um the uh, the kids that were cooler than me wore like sports jerseys basically that was it like sports the, jerseys were what was, was considered those, cool Jessica Katie do you mm-hmm. remember the name of those like big like Starter jackets, giant, starter, yeah. jackets? Starter, starter jackets, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, mm-hmm. like, giant, sports oversized things. sports-related anything. That was the only thing that's, that was considered cool when I was growing up. I'm wearing a 49ers jacket. I live in Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I literally, this is I my literally, team. Yeah, my sister no. had a big, gigantic Raiders starter yeah. jacket. Ra- Raiders, Why? yeah, I don't cool know. Too. Certain teams like those two were considered more cool. Yes. Yeah. 
The Cowboys were so. cool. Well, what I will say yeah. is what I considered cool. Radically saved Carmen. <laughs> and, I'm and trying to bring it back. <laughs> no, yeah. When I was really young, I thought that this was the coolest shirt in the world. And then, yeah, obviously later I was Did like, you actually get that shirt at a concert or was it something you found at a thrift store? Like, is that your concert shirt from 1989 tour or whatever? Or did you find it at a thrift store? How could it survive store? this long? Blake, if you don't know how old my casualty shirt is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I did have this shirt when I was younger. I did rebuy it at a thrift store. Okay. <laughs> of like course. all of my old black flag We've shirts. We've all had to do that. that. Yeah. So Jessica gave it four hooves. I did. An astonishing four okay, hooves. Okay, sorry. Hooves. Despite its cruelty, four hooves. <laughs> Josh. No, oh, three, I guess. Like, it would, it, I didn't hate it. <laughs> Sometimes Jessica okay. hands me these books, and I do not like them. And this one, at least, <laughs> kind of fun, like silly, mm-hmm. and readable. So it was nice having a cursed object to go back to that because the last time I think we had a cursed object was um, say cheese and die. Yes, yeah, the, the camera. camera. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Katie, a hoof rating. Um, I am also gonna go with four hooves. If, wow. Maybe even more. I really liked it. Um, you I mean, give it a unicorn horn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a horse with training wheels. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, a horse that had a throne fall on its legs and now. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> the sea biscuit. So it's like Sorry. the Einstein of horses <laughs> fell down on it and. So it, it can't <laughs> walk all the way. Sea, but. Poor horse. Sea biscuit is the Einstein of horses, says Josh. That's <laughs> classic. I stand by that. That's, that's science. I mean, how many other horses can you name, Blake? I I think that if, if horses made their own busts of influential figures, yeah, sea biscuit <laughs> would be the up there. Bo, Bojack Horseman, Mister Ed. <laughs> Okay, okay anyway, I guess I, I didn't realize we had a horse boy on the podcast. <laughs> oh, well, I did grow up in the country. Okay, uh, four and little, did you say training wheels on its hooves? Is that what you said? Yeah, I mean, I like yeah. that it has like multiple perspectives, but yet like mm-hmm. it still is like pretty cohesive. And like, aside from Felicia, I mean, her consequence was pretty lame all she did was basically have this embarrassing dinner party and i guess like lose her boyfriend if she she lost the love of her life but you know what do you really want to be a minister's wife dr bullet (laughs) no offense to minister's wives who list they're our biggest uh core audience so i'm sorry if i just offended most of our listenership minister's wives uh mom come on the pod um, oh. And, yeah, I mean, like, the twist at the end was, like, sort of cool and, like, sort of spooky. I mm-hmm. like the idea of, like, this, like, crazy witch lady who is just, like, rooting for this girl to have this gruesome misadventure <laughs> by, like, borrowing this dress <laughs> that's, like, All pretty because scary. they're pretty. Yeah, yeah, she hates prettiness. That's pretty girls deal. who can get bow. <laughs> yeah, oh. to get bows. It's also, like just really funny that it's so old-fashioned and like the background that you provided on the author really does contextualize that but like before i knew all of that i'm like this book is so old-fashioned like 
Yeah, I mean, it was like from 1989, but I feel like that is a pretty contemporary time. And <laughs> I don't know, that part was like sort of Yeah, funny. a lot of these are like that. If, if because Laura of Ingalls Wilder was writing now, it would be writing like killing young women on the prairie for being too hot. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For point horror. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting yeah. take. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. I thought I had a okay. twist on that, and then I didn't when I got to the end of it. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it happens. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and introduce our next book. It is called Marlene the Horror Queen. That's a good title. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's look at how, notes. Look at how... T- bookmarked that thing is (laughs) um and we will have a special guest on the pod that episode uh crystal who has been on a couple times before is actually making a trip to missouri she hasn't seen her missouri family in over a year so she will be here to visit her family and friends she's all vaccinated and ready to give hugs and podcast so it'll be an (laughs) in-person podcast it will josh do you want to come and hang out in person Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not let's not go, let's take not go it too there far. Just yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Crystal will be here. So, anyway, uh, Marlene the Horror Queen by Lila Pearl, um, and this is called H O R R O R Queen. Yes. <laughs> like as, Sorry, as you're horror. saying, it sounds so similar. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all I'm going to do is the tagline, and the tagline is just, "What are these two nice girls up to now?" <laughs> That's so that could be anything. One of them has a really cool fit. I will say that. The other one, not so cool, but one of them, super cool. Let me see these. Yeah. Okay. One Look, looks I'll, really I'll say cool. if yeah. I see mm-hmm. a dress hanging in a closet in the background, I will. No, but there's not... some creepy stuff on this cover. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we'll be reading next time. Um, don't forget to, uh, if you have time, just rate us, review us, subscribe. Um, we do have a patreon patreon.com slash ox audio that's you know support our whole podcast network we got a bunch of cool stuff on there and bonus content and it's the only place on the internet where you can hear the full unedited version of the are you there pod theme music so worth it, I and think. And get all those great Coldplay parodies. Yeah, so those too. <laughs> you can download them in high quality MP3. I have them on my phone as a Patreon subscriber. And if we ever do bonus episodes, that's where they'll we be. We will. Josh and I are cooking up. Yeah, a fear. we do have some in the We're going to do a spooky clothing episode with Katie, probably. The, the fact that we have never talked about Clueless. We have. We did the, the novelization. No, but I don't know. It's the same. Well, we could we could anyway. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank Katie for coming and devoting a lot of time yeah, tonight. Too, too yeah, much I'm time. So it's sorry. also an hour later there than it is here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for thank coming you. on, and please thank follow her so Instagram at, at the Haunted Outfit on Instagram. Is there anything else you want to promote or give a shout out to or? Um, I just Anything wanted like to give a shout out to you guys because you're the coolest. Well, that <laughs> turned it turned it around on us. I, I, I would so say flattering. that should be deleted. Because... <laughs> <laughs> never. Okay. I will never no delete compliments. <laughs> no. Well, we think you're the coolest and you have the coolest account. So 
Good follow. Yeah, Thank you cool. for coming. And more pictures of your cat, please. And we all we all have cats. Is that wait? Do you have a cat over there that we're not seeing right now? He lives in if this there's house. A cat, if there is a cat in the mix, and I'm not seeing John. it. He lives in this house. I'm not sure what he's up to. Um, he's not okay. present mm. in this space with me. Okay, yeah. He's doing cat stuff. Our cat's hot right cat stuff, here. Right? I've it's got one on my lap right now that's just staring at me, being angry. Is that the feral one? Yes, no. That's there, not there's so a feral? chance that he could pee on me at any time. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst, but Hang on. I don't know. He's really sweet when he... Uh, does this thing anyway? I have one thing to plug. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when will this come out? Probably m- middle of next week to give Blake some turnaround time. Blake's yep. a pretty uh, tight editor. Uh, so Jessica and Blake will be on my other podcast this week. Uh, Hoot and Holler. It's true. And I don't. I, I don't have know what no we're idea what do. we're talking about. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk local politics, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, no, it's it's a political podcast, uh, and at, as of really now, I think we're it. just talking about the Duggars. So, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I'm okay down for that Duggar content. So, <laughs> oh boy, yikes! Yeah, yeah. no, uh, we're working with okay. the skeleton okay. crew, but we brought in the uh, <laughs> the, the, the brought best. in the ringers. The we did, yeah. It was like shrugging the shoulders. Oh wait, we we have two of the best ones over here that can just uh, <laughs> okay sub okay. in. It's like the Simpsons episodes when they brought in right. Daryl. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Katie. Again. Thank you, Katie. Again for coming Thanks, on. Guys. And uh, we'll do this again. We'll pick another really cool fit-based out uh, book. Do you wanna? Do you wanna close this out, Katie? Oh my gosh, I would be you honored. You don't have to. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, what? Okay, ready? See you later, horse girls. <laughs> that's be- that's better than we usually do.